Welcome to Mike and Jeff special election special. Um, so today we'll be covering the election and any other topic that comes to mind. So as of right now, it's about 9.30 and Biden currently has a electoral college lead of 122 and Trump is at 92. So, and that's, that's interesting you bring that up, Mike, because one of the first things I wanted to talk about is where you're watching because that has a big impact on what the, what it, it won't have any impact on what the actual election results are, but it has a big impact on who's calling what and how quickly. So I'm watching Newsmax online and I have on my iPad, I have Apple um, with theirs. And, and the Apple uh, count is exactly what you call 92 to 122 because they're calling, they call, you know, they still haven't called Florida. Um, even though Florida is very clearly tipped to Trump. Trump has won Florida. Uh, Newsmax, it's 120-115. They've called Florida. There's, so it really depends on who you're watching because there is definitely a slant um, to call certain states at different times and, or hold off on certain states at different times. So Mike, who, who are you watching your results from? So actually I'm checking Bloomberg. So Bloomberg has a, a pretty nice interactive map for the... Uh, on presidency and then for the, the Senate and the House and governors actually. Um, but if you look at ABC, so I'm looking at, I'm trying to track the, um, the polls as well, the exit polls. So for ABC News, it has Joe Biden at 89 and Trump at 72. So yeah, it's very interesting how they're calling things. Yeah, and that's that, I always think that's kind of an interesting thing about the election is the way that they, choose to you know call the results depending really on what they what what their slant is again like i said i mean newsmax has got it tipped differently i haven't seen anybody but newsmax so far call florida for trump even though um by last report even through apple they've got 91 percent reporting and trump has a 51 percent to 47 percent lead over biden and the the uh counties now that are coming in are counties that went heavily republican not only in the last election but have gone heavily republican consistently which is why newsmax has called florida because it's unlikely those are going to tr uh, going to tip the other direction but you know they're not calling that whereas um you know we have we had people calling willing to call Ohio, willing to call um, Texas at one point. It looked like Apple was, you know, it, it, there was, they were showing a Biden lead in Texas. And yeah, there's a Biden lead in Texas when you have Dallas reporting and Houston and, and some of those, but you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter when, when the rural counties have to come in. And I'm hearing reports that our, our live stream, is, our, our link is uh, having some difficulty. So I'm working on getting that sent out to some folks. Um, so, you know, bear with us. It, um, for those of you who are listening to this in the future, uh, as a recorded podcast, you already A, will know who the president is, which we don't know yet. Um, and B, um, you won't have had to deal with this live cast issue, but Mike, go ahead and, um, you know, kick us off on, on some topics. We're going to, we're going to bounce around a little bit tonight just to lay out the structure to everyone. 
the election results could take a long time. So we're going to be on the air for a long time. But if we just keep constantly talking about, oh, well, what's going on in Florida or, oh, what's going, it's going to be really boring, A, for any of you and B, for us. So we've got some other topics queued up, some political, some totally apolitical. Um, so we can get through this night. And and then as states get to, get decided and as things change, we'll obviously bring that to you live. So Mike, go ahead and get us going. I'm going to work on trying to get this, uh, get this video available to some of our, some of our fans. Okay, cool. Yes. Yeah, so right before we do that, um, Bloomberg just called Colorado and New Mexico. So now Biden's sitting at 131 to Trump at 92. Yep. And, uh, and Apple did that as well. So Apple and Bloomberg are, are obviously pulling from the same decision desk. It looks like, um, yeah, so, so exactly. Apple may be using the Bloomberg Bloomberg decision desk. Also, I don't know if you saw this, but Fox News is already projecting that they, uh, the Democrats control, retain control of the House. We have states that haven't reported a single ballot yet. And, and look, while I'm not saying that is or is not going to happen because I don't know yet, it's a bit early to make that kind of decision. For, you know, These decision desks are vaunted and they always talk about how accurate they are and how careful they are to make their calls. That's a pretty big call to make pretty early in the, in the night. Oh, I agree, especially because Bloomberg is currently showing 41. Oh, wait, wait. oh what I unfortunately did a reset and now this is acting weird again. But sorry, so currently they're showing 41 for Democrats and 72 for Republicans. So you need uh, 218 seats to take the majority. So, yeah, like, I agree. It's a little early for that, um, but, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And like I said, I don't know, maybe it will, or maybe it will stay in their control. I certainly hope not, but it seems very early to make that decision. Mm-hmm. All right. I agree 100%. But getting to one of the, one of the topics that we can cover. So let's, let's switch over to like some nerd culture. Let's, let's try to go back and forth. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. So Jeff, um, how do you feel about Star Wars episode seven, eight, and nine? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting that you bring that up. So episode seven, uh, I was I was optimistic when I saw episode seven. I I you know it was felt a lot like almost a shot for shot remake of A New Hope, but it's you know I was hopeful that if they followed it up with something good, that they had laid the groundwork for something that could be good. Even though the storyline was very similar to episode four, it could have been really good. Uh, Episode eight is the biggest atrocity that has ever happened, not to the Star Wars universe, but to film. Uh, They, we can get into why in a second, but I absolutely hated The Last Jedi. I think The Last Jedi is a horrible film. I refused to watch Knives Out, which was made by Ryan Johnson for a long time. Even even though I heard from you and multiple others, this is a really good movie. And it actually turned out it was a good movie. He's good on his own stuff, apparently. But I refused to watch that out of protest of Ryan Johnson for for a very long time. (laughs) What was that? It took me a while to get you to watch that. Yeah, uh, I almost still didn't, but I finally, finally decided to do it. But I, you know, I watched the, I, I watched the Last Jedi. I hated it. I have still not seen 
the rise of Skywalker. So I cannot actually give an opinion on the rise of Skywalker as a film per se, because I haven't watched it, but I do know the entire plot um, because I was interested enough to figure out, Hey, did they redeem the plot enough that I should go watch this movie? They didn't. Uh, Ray being a Palpatine, uh, you know, being Palpatine's granddaughter was dumb and, and really not interesting. Palpatine coming back was a weak decision. Um, you know, making it so that Leia had secretly been a Jedi all this time made zero sense. Um, well, the issue they, I had with that is that they, so she was, she did, she did do training in the original canon, right? And they just took that away. They said they were wiping everything out and saying that she never did it. Then they changed it and brought it back saying she did do training because they realized cleaning off Luke Skywalker was probably the dumbest thing they could possibly do. Yeah, and, I, and I'm fine with that because, look, I have no problem with Leia being a Jedi. What I have a problem with is you established in Episode 7, your choice, Leia's not a Jedi. Okay, now you have to commit to that. You've, you've made your decision. Now you're stuck with it. That's my problem with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I felt like the Rise of the Skywalker, uh, the Rise of Skywalker was J.J. Um, Abrams' attempt to take his original episode seven story um, and also try to fix what the last Jedi did and then continue to do it in episode nine. So he was, he was trying to um, keep his original story uh, while also trying to fix things that uh, Ryan Johnson messed up. And uh, I just think Ryan Johnson messed up too much for them to do that. I think that was just the issue. Um, it was, And that's honestly, that's one of the problems with, one of the things I expected to be a good thing about Disney buying Star Wars was you should have had a lot of corporate control over that storyline. It's it's going to it's it had the potential to be the most profitable Disney product of all time. They paid four billion dollars to buy Lucasfilm, and they could have quintupled that money in like two years if they had used it properly. And then, and and then they they gave all the creative control to the individual directors and let the directors write their own story, which was a problem. They should have maintained control and said, this is the plot line. You have some creative control as a director, but you're following this path. When, when you, when you have a trilogy already mapped out as a trilogy, you can't give different creative control to different people. <laughs> what, the thing I don't understand is that they were, they locked down what could happen to Marvel. Like Marvel was clearly planned out. Like you said, they had some creative control, but there were certain things that you had to hit in, the, in every movie. And in episode eight, it just seemed like you can just do whatever you want. I know there's, this trilogy's already been planned out, but we don't care. We trust you. And you can't, like you said, you can't do that when the trilogy are, has already been planned out. But you already are start, starting to set up threads in the episode seven. You have to like make sure that comes to fruition in episode eight or at the very least episode nine. And a lot of things just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Like I, I was pissed I, off about, about Finn. So I saw the movie um, Attack the Block, which I thought was a, a, a really great like horror movie. So I was excited um, um, for Finn. And they set him up to be an interesting character in episode seven. And then eight and nine, he just, just didn't do anything. Like episode eight, this entire plot was useless in the story. Like it was just there to, to add time. Yeah, it's, so we'll get back to that in a second. I do want to just, I, I want to jump to the election just for a second. Cause at the end of the day, this is our election special. Um, 
a couple quick updates. So some good news for Trump. Uh, Ohio has now shifted back where Ohio, uh, Trump's being reported as the expected lead in Ohio, um, where a few moments ago, they were, they were tipping it the other way. Texas is now back into looking like it's going to go Trump, which I said uh, moments before we got on the air that, that there was never any fear that Texas was not going to go Republican. The, the idea that Texas was going to go blue is purely based on the fact that we have, you know, a lot of large, I live in Texas. There are a large, a lot of large metro areas like everywhere else in America that are Democrat. And when you pull those votes first, yeah, it looks like the state's going to go blue. Uh, the problem is that's not where the majority of Texas's vote sits. It's in the rural areas around the state. And those areas are more remote, take longer to get in, but always go red. So Texas starting to do that as well. Kansas has flipped back to looking like Trump's in the lead. Georgia, Trump's looking like in the lead. And uh, North Carolina, that race is tightening significantly as the rural counties come in. So lots of good news for Trump. Um, also, very early yet, but with 20% of precincts reporting, Michigan um, is, uh, is swinging heavily uh, Trump. But again, way too early to make any determination from that with only 27% in now, actually. But Trump sitting at 57% to Biden 41%. So a good indicator if that continues to hold. I do know, I will say that in my electoral map, um, I we believe that. We probably should do that first. But, uh, we, we, should, we, we can, we'll get back to Star Wars in a moment to anyone who, anyone who tuned in to listen to Star Wars talk, weirdly enough to a political podcast, you're going to have to wait a minute, but we'll get back to that in a few. So yeah, let's talk about our, our election maps. Um, I know I was being more pessimistic earlier, Mike, and I was, you know, bouncing between two potential electoral maps. I'm going to, I'm going to go for broke and, and um, go with my more optimistic electoral map. And I won't list state by state. We'll post this. Um, maybe I can uh, throw this up on the screen and we can put it up for everyone. Um, I'll figure out a way to do that and then we can do that. But, you know, the I, I believe that Trump is going to take Michigan. I actually even more optimistically, and this one's, this one's kind of a reach because even Reagan, when he took 49 states, didn't do this. But I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going out on a limb and saying Trump's the first Republican president Minnesota elects since 1972. Um, that one is a reach, admittedly. But I, I don't know, with, with everything that's happened in Minneapolis since the George Floyd riots back in March, I really think if there's a year for a Republican to win Minnesota, this is, this is the year. So you can't, you never win if you don't take a shot. So I'm going to take a shot and, and, and trying to be right early on and being one of the first people to say it. I think Minnesota could go red as well, but I definitely think Michigan does. Uh, and I am working on, um, I'm going to send this image to myself on my computer so I can throw it up on the screen and we'll can talk through my map. Mike, if you email, email yours either to yourself or myself, we'll do the same. But Mike, did you, talking about Michigan, what did you think was going to happen with Michigan? So just so everyone knows, what we did is we went to 27 or 270 to win it. Um, so the original map um, from October 27 put Biden at 290 with Trump at 163 and then 85 um, electric college um, electorates were up for grab. So Jeff, did you list off the, your, um, your total that you were targeting? Uh, I, I didn't, but I will right now. So okay. uh, my total was 333 Trump, 205 uh, Biden. 
Okay. And like I said, I'm going with, I, I kind of vacillated between some, but I'm going to go for broke and, and do that. My, my more pessimistic total was 307, but I'm going 333. I think Trump can really have a pretty, it's not going to be a Reagan election, but I don't think it ever was going to be. Um, I mean, I, I would love to see Trump pull some huge upset and take California because a that means if 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 Trump takes California, no matter what else happens, Biden can't win. There's clearly no path for a Democrat without that state, um, but it's not going to happen. So yeah. three thirty three to two hundred five is my count. Mike, what about yours? Okay, so my count is three eighteen to two twenty, which is why I told you you had to pick one because I was right in the middle of both yours. Um, so I guess. Uh, we sound like we, we agree. So I, I'm, I'm guessing that many, uh, Minneapolis or Minnesota and, and Wisconsin go red as well. So oh, you actually put you, so you actually threw Minnesota in there as well. Yeah. So I'm, I'm anticipating that everything in the Midwest goes red, except for Illinois. That's what I'm anticipating. Um, then I assume that Arizona would, would go red. So Mike, I've got my map up on the screen. Okay. So let's, Again, for anybody listening to us on the live stream, um, we're, we're, we're hoping that, that you can see this. And actually, I'm checking the live stream and you can. And for those of you listening, we can see your uh, comments in the chat function. So if you have anything you want us to talk about, anything you think is interesting, please let us know. Um, we will be happy to talk about those things. But I'm going to go back to um, my electoral map. Um, really quickly and we'll talk through that and then Mike will talk through yours um, afterwards. So Mike, you can see my map, correct? Yeah, I can see yours. So as you can see, I, I mean, for the basis of my map, I did two things. One is I looked at what Trump won in 2016 and, and, and I kind of asked myself, honestly, do I think that Trump loses any of the states he won in 2016? And by and large, I don't think that there are many that he's going to. I mean, it, I just... I know that there are a lot of beliefs that that the makeup of the country in 2016 has dramatically shifted, but I don't really believe that it has. So um, I took, you know, 2016 and kind of built from there and went through state by state based on what I've seen either in rally attendance or in the polls. And like I said, so I've got I've got Trump carrying middle America as usual, with the exception of Colorado and Utah and Nevada, but really Really, Biden's looking at the coasts and Illinois in my mind, and and I really think this is his path. I think this is the path to victory for Trump. The interesting thing here is that with the with this, you know, if if Trump loses Michigan and Minnesota and Wisconsin, even um, he'd still win the electoral college. Right. Yeah. So I I've been thinking that Trump was going to win for a long time. So I did something similar. I looked at the 2016 results. And what I really did is I kind of looked at the um, the third party, so what the Libertarians and the, the Green Party did. And I, what I did is I, I dropped the Libertarian count down to what's normal. And when you do that, those close races that um, Trump barely won before turns into like a definite victory. So, so that's how I did it. Yeah, I did no, it. I think that makes sense. So throw me throw me your map on email, and we'll we'll take a look at yours as well. And for those of you out there listening and watching, um, if you have any, if, if you think, Hey, uh, I think Trump's going to win in Colorado, or I think Trump's going to pull the upset in Nevada, let us know. Um, we're interested in, in hearing what you have to say. So, so throw it out there and we can, we can talk about it on air. Yeah. 
Yeah. So let's go back to uh, Star Wars really quick. All right. Sounds good. As, as Mike gets his map sent over to me, we'll go back to Star Wars. So, um, yeah, let me, let me lay out why I have a problem with The Last Jedi really quickly. Uh, it, it can be summed up in like three main points. Number one, the plot of the movie went nowhere. You spent two and a half hours with a really, really slow chase through space. And then ultimately, you showed me that all you have to do to win a Star Wars fight is crash a ship into another ship, which has never been done before. But if that was the case, why didn't they do that to take out the Death Star? Why didn't they do that to stop any of the First Order? Like, why wouldn't you just do that? It seems like a pretty simple solution, but they haven't done that before. So A, that was dumb. B, the ridiculous Finn and Rose storyline on the on the uh, casino planet that was clearly about and we're getting comments from uh from someone boo star wars boo so um about the topic or about star wars in general um let us know on the chat but the the casino planet thing was it was one of the rules in filmmaking is never waste the audience's time and this broke that rule completely because the it had no impact on the plot for you're supposed the whole plot of the movie is they're under this extreme duress to do something really really quickly but they go off for like 30, 45 minutes to go rescue some horses on a ga- on a casino ignore, planet. Ignore, ignoring the, the actual slaves. Yes, ignore that's slaves. true. Ignore the, the slaves, save the, an- save the space horse. And it, it didn't do anything. Nothing had anything to do with the plot. They, if that was taken out of the movie, nothing changes. And that's a big problem. I have a huge issue with that in a movie. Um, so... That was number two. And number three is Luke Skywalker. Like Luke Skywalker or not, and I have I have a, a good friend, actually both of us know this individual, uh, Andrew, who is a huge Star Wars fan also, but hates Luke Skywalker. But even he admits, and I'm a Luke Skywalker fan, but even Andrew said they, they bastardized the character. They, they Ryan Johnson essentially took a character who exemplified hope in the original trilogy, who believed he could bring Darth Vader back to the light side. And you made him instead say, I saw, I had a, a vision of a, a child having a bad dream and he can't be saved. So I'm going to murder him. And then I, f- I realized that's a bad idea. And so I'm going to become a hermit and cut myself off from the force. It made absolutely no sense for Luke Skywalker's character. It was a complete 180 that was unrealistic, not only for his character, but for a human in general. So all of those reasons are why I hated Star Wars. And, and we did get a comment. It, the, the boo Star Wars I agree with was boo to the new trilogy because it does suck. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was absolutely garbage. Um, I can't remember the names of the characters now. I've, I've been trying to push it out my memory. Um, even the way that, that Kylo um, killed his, his, his master by rotating the lightsaber. It's like, can't hear it moving like the audience could hear it moving i don't know this is this is a lot of stupid things that, that bug me so you can you, you have the ability to to hide your intentions from your master but then you can't take out a, a few guys afterwards it's the the power of scaling so that's, that's that's one of the things that really irritates me um because you know i watch a lot of anime and the power of scaling can quickly go out of hand and be inconsistent that's one of the things that can ruin animes very quickly so now so the fact that they did in Star Wars is really, it, it's really stuck out in my mind and it, it just didn't make any sense to me. And then so what you were talking about, about Palpatine coming back, 
Um, I think at the very least, they should have left that to be like a surprise reveal. But like the fact that you um, drop his iconic laugh in the trailer just I think ruins it same way that uh, when they showed Doomsday and Batman v Superman. It's like this yeah. is like a very important reveal. Don't show it to us in this in this two minute clip. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but that's a whole different. That's another problem in movies in general nowadays. Is at what point did trailers decide that, like the producers of trailers decide, the best thing to do is show the entire movie in 35 seconds? Like Doomsday reveal in Batman versus Superman is the best example in modern, and the Palpatine laugh as well. But Doomsday especially because that immediately told you, oh well, Superman dies. Like there was no doubt going into the movie about what would have been the biggest, the biggest shock moment, whether you liked that movie or not. And I know a lot of people hated Batman versus Superman, but whether you liked it or not, you would have walked out of there like, holy crap, they killed Superman. I wasn't expecting that. But as soon as you knew Doomsday was in it, if you knew anything about the comic books, you knew Superman died. Exactly. It's, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with um, when you have Gwen Stacy in Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, was that number two? It's like, oh yes, her next one gets snapped. I don't know when it's going to get snapped, but it's getting snapped at some point. That's that's what she's iconic for, unfortunately. Yeah, that 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 is true. So um, back to the election for a brief moment. Um, some good news all around, I think, for Trump. Um, Florida obviously has been called by Newsmax, hasn't been called by anyone else, but the gap continuing to widen for Trump. Um, Georgia, the gap is massive for Trump. Michigan, 30% reporting, and the gap is 13%. So really good there. Trump has got a 3% lead in Ohio now. So a lot of the states that looked like they were going to, that they might be shifting, um, all looking very, very good for Trump. Wisconsin, looking good for Trump right now. And uh, Minnesota, um, heavily, heavily Biden right now, but only 30%. Yeah. so did you, were you able to get my map? Mine was, mine was done on my phone, so it may not show up on the full screen properly. Uh, did you email it to me? Mm-hmm. And I have it. So let me throw it up. Yeah, just give me two quick seconds and it'll be up on the screen. Yeah, no problem. So, the, so this... So one of the types we were supposed to talk about today was the the Mandalorian, and because I hated the trilogy so much, I just chose not to watch it, even though everyone was telling me it was great. I just didn't believe them. Um, so I'm I'm behind on season two and actually on season one. But from what I watched so far, it's a great show. It, it really is. Let's talk about that in a moment. But I've got your map, so I'm going to share the screen. So for those of you watching at home, uh, this is Mike's projection for. Uh, for this evening. So as you mentioned, uh, Mike, walk us through your map. Yeah, so like I said, um, what I did is I, I did, did something similar to Jeff. I looked at the 2016 uh, election results and just kind of looked at what I thought that Trump could hold on to um, and, and what, he, what, he could, what he could take. So essentially I gave him the entire Midwest, uh, except for Illinois, um, and then gave him Minnesota and that's mostly, again, because of the George Floyd, some of what Jeff was saying. That yeah, and right now, granted, only 30% reporting, but right now, not looking very good. But again, 
if there was one long shot on both of our maps, it was Minnesota. Ronald Reagan won 49 states in 1984 and Minnesota was the one holdout. So um, if there was a long shot on the map, it was picking Minnesota. The only thing that could have been a bigger long shot is if I had actually said Trump won California, Um, which as much as I really hope that I would love to see that happen. I don't think it will. Minnesota not looking great right now, but the rest of the Midwest looking very heavily um, like it's shifting towards Trump. Ohio's looking better. Michigan looking really good for Trump. Um, Wayne County reporting uh, really good numbers for Trump. And that's a heavily democratic area in Michigan. Um, Wisconsin looking good. So it's looking like two things, Mike, that, that the media has been telling us for months isn't going to happen. One, it's looking like Trump's going to win. Um, but I've been saying for months that I think he's going to 2016, everybody said he wasn't going to win. And then he, it, it was pretty definitive that he did. Um, the other thing though, is everybody's been talking about, we're not going to know the results of this election on election night. And if the election continues to go in this direction, which I'm confident it is, um, I have faith that it will. And I have hope that it will, if it does Pennsylvania, regardless of how big of a mess Pennsylvania is, won't matter in deciding the president and could lead, you know, we, we could know who the president is tonight. I, I think there's a very good likelihood of that because even if we go with my maps a little more optimistic than yours, but even if we go with yours and say he doesn't take Minnesota and he doesn't, and we don't know about Pennsylvania, we're still looking at 298 or 288 at that point, um, which would put him over the threshold. If you knew everything else, if you knew he, he, he took the rest of the states you projected except for Minnesota and Pennsylvania's a toss up, he'd still be sitting at 288. So yeah, I think it's very possible we go to bed tonight knowing that he's been reelected to a second term. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, there's there's too many states that or too many ways that Trump can win this without having to worry about states that are um, not not uh, up to par with trying to get everything done in a timely fashion. They say it nicely. Yeah, I think I, I I mean, obviously the reason behind that has been for the most part to to try and allow, I really believe to to you know do as the media regularly does, which is to make the electorate believe that the election's decided you shouldn't get out and vote. But I think that we're gonna know the president tonight. Um, that's been something I've been hopeful for for months, and I it's looking better as the night goes on. So let's talk uh, Mandalorian for a minute while we wait on some new some new, you know, data to come in because there's really not much. Hey, Jeff, can you uh, read off those uh, numbers again for Wayne County? I'm just want to compare them to the 2016 results. Uh, the last I saw is um, Wayne County, um, 42% was reporting and Trump was at about 40%. But let me see if there's new numbers okay. um, in Wayne. So I will give me two seconds and I'll see if I can get more up-to-date numbers. All right, so with what percent reporting now? So the reason I'm asking is that- Yeah, with 31% reporting, Trump's at 113,000 versus 147,000. So yeah, he's sitting around 40% of the of the election or of the, of the votes in, in Wayne County, which is pretty good for that area of Michigan, because 
if he's going to win Michigan, where most of his votes are going to come from, is going to be West Michigan um, and, and in the rural parts of the states, not Wayne County, which is the Detroit area. Yeah. So um, in 2016, um, Trump won by like 10,000, 11,000 votes in Michigan. So Wayne County, you know, he can have like a three quarters of a million votes. So if you shift that enough, um, I don't, there's no, no concern in my mind that uh, Michigan is going red. Um, so re- thank you for bringing that up, Jeff. So um, in 2016, Trump won 29.5 percent, and Clinton won 66.8. So we'll we'll see how it how it shifts as more um, reports come in, as more votes come in. But that's that's something interesting to watch, um, especially because um, that's that's the majority black area area. So there are a lot of people saying that a lot of black people are going to shift to Trump um, or shift just conservative in general. Um, so if that, if that happens, um, Michigan is pretty much lost, um, to Republicans for the foreseeable future. Like you said, all the West coast, um, up North is, is all red. You pretty much have around Detroit, around Flint, Ann Arbor, Lansing, um, maybe Saginaw are blue. So if you, if you lose the, the black vote, or not even all the black vote, but if you shift the black vote enough Republican, Michigan is not, like I said, Michigan is not going back red or going back blue for a while. Um, so, so, agreed completely, Mike. But one other really good piece of news out of Michigan that I wanted to highlight. Again, only 31% reporting, but where we're seeing that those come in is big counties like Wayne. So this is a really good positive as well. John James, the Republican candidate for the Senate, currently has a 56% to 41% lead over Peters. So big, I mean, John James lost in the 2018 election um, for his Senate, for the Senate race, but has campaigned really strongly. Trump has been big in his corner, bringing him to rallies and campaigning hard for him. And he's looked really good in polling up to this point. And as it sits now has a, has a fairly healthy lead in that Senate race. And that would be a Senate uh, seat pickup for the Republicans um, as we seek to retain control of the Senate. So really big. And also John James, really great guy, West Point grad, um, really strong Christian man. So it would be awesome oh, to have him he, in the uh, Senate. He went to uh, my um, high school. Oh, I, I remember you mentioning that in the past, actually. And and also for anyone who doesn't know, John James, African-American gentleman. So um, everybody out there who, oh yeah, you know, Republicans hate black people. Well, one of the most prominent uh, Republican candidates right now, John James, black man, again, uh, would be an awesome pickup. So that's really positive news out of Michigan as well. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep our eyes on that. That Senate race is one that um, that we will continue to watch. Yeah, yeah, it'll be pretty interesting. And actually, is this Minnesota? Minnesota's looking worse, but Wisconsin is starting to tip more heavily Trump. Um, as things go on, they're starting to show they're projecting a lead out there. Um, so that's looking really, really good. Um, a lot of things shifting as this map from, from Apple gets, gets better. You know, when, when I see the liberal mainstream media reporting that things are shifting in Trump's direction, that's a, a really positive sign because, you know, it, it, it's, they're going to hesitate as much as they can to declare something for Trump, for Trump. Again, they still haven't called Florida and Florida is at like 95% reporting. Um, 
or more. Yeah, Bloomberg, Bloomberg has it at 98 to 108 of the estimated uh, votes being reported in, in Florida with Trump up um, about 4%, 3.5%. Yeah, and, and they still won't call it, right? They still haven't called it for Trump. So like I said, you know, when, when I start to see things shifting, even on those maps, makes me very positive for what tonight could be. So before we move on to our next topic, before we talk about the Mandalorian or whatever else, I'm going to ask those of you who are watching on our live stream, because I want to try and make this interactive. This is the first time we're doing this for Mike and Jeff fighting leftists. But if it goes well, we, we would love to turn this show into something where it is more interactive, where we can um, have, you know, call-ins, where we can talk about things live on the air that they're interesting to you, either in nerd culture, which is important to both of us, or in politics. So I'm going to ask those of you watching, are there any topics you'd like us to get into as we wait for the results to come in tonight? And we haven't, I, I'm not seeing anything. So Mike, let's talk Mandalorian for now. And if we see some topics come in with that, we'll add those to our list. Sounds good. So you, how far are you in the Mandalorian? Because um, I am I, caught up on the show. Um, I, I guess my, my only comment is I have, been, I had given up on Disney star Wars. I don't like rogue one, which has been a point of argument between me and a few people a lot. Um, I, I personally think rogue rogue one is a extremely boring movie. Um, don't care for it at all. Have not seen solo, have no interest in it. Um, didn't like the, I, I didn't like the, the new trilogy, but the Mandalorian, which I was very skeptical of at first and actually waited to watch until I heard from a number of people that it was good. I've really enjoyed the Mandalorian, but I'm caught up. So before, before we get into anything and I give any spoilers out, how far are you? I mean, you can give out spoilers. It doesn't really matter to me. I've, I've been reading up on a few things since I know what's going on a little bit. I think I'm only on episode four. Okay, so. But yeah, before we hop into it, um, so my feeling with with Rogue One or Solo, um, were those only two that came out? Uh, I think so. I can't think of any other Star Wars story movies. Yeah, so with Rogue One, um, if you go on YouTube and watch like just the Darth Vader scene, then you're you're done. Nothing else in the movie matters. Because so Rogue One was about getting the plans to Princess Leia which no one cared about whatsoever. It, it was pointless. Um, so I, I tried to go see it when I was still in, in love with this, with Star Wars. I was still being optimistic. And I fell asleep in that movie the first time I've seen it. I was like, all right, you know, I'm getting older. I went and see, saw like 11 o'clock movie. I saw, I'll go see it again with my dad at like three o'clock. Fell asleep again. Like it's, it's just too much talking and, and exposition. It's, it's nothing, it's not very Star Warsy. It's, it's it's very boring. Um, and then Solo. So I guess if you're a new fan, you know, if you're on the younger side and you don't know anything about, if you've never seen the, the original trilogy, then I guess Solo was a good movie. But it, if you're an old fan, Solo doesn't add anything whatsoever to the Solo story, Tom Solo story. Um, everything that, that he kind of hints about in the original trilogy is what they expand upon in his hour and a half, two hour movie, whatever it is, but you don't learn anything new about the character at all. So it's kind of boring, kind of a waste of time. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, hop into Mandalorian. So spoiler alert, 
I'll say it now for everybody out there. Um, I guess the first thing that I thought was, well, actually, I guess not much of a spoiler yet, but just I've enjoyed Mandalorian because for one thing, it's the first Star Wars movie that does Star Wars show or anything that doesn't involve Jedi that doesn't feel contrived and boring. It's about a character that you can be, that you can relate to. It's, it's got um, great character stories, but what's funny about it is the show is just fetch quest after fetch quest. Really. It's um, there was a, I don't know if it's been confirmed or not. Someone in the chat might be able to tell me, I know there's some individuals in the chat who know this for sure, but I know there was a rumor at one point that the show was an adapted, what this, the script was adapted from a video game that got abandoned um, that was originally going to be made. And it does feel like a video game as you go through it. I know you're only four episodes in, but have you gotten that feel that everything is kind of stay? Oh, I'm going to go do my quest. And then I get my armor reward. Yes, exactly. I, I level up. <laughs> yeah. So, that's exactly how I feel. Um, and me, like I said, I'm enjoying it. I was just old and tired yesterday. So I didn't get to power through it like I normally do, but um, yeah. I'm, it's I'm it's done a it. good job of laying the groundwork for what could be really cool. Um, I will say the season two premiere did not did not do a lot for me. It was it was a fun episode to watch, but season one ends with some big reveals. You have um, Moff Gideon, who and again spoiler alert, but you have Moff Gideon who has the dark saber, which is a big deal in the Star Wars the Clone Wars TV show, um, and then. Um, he attacks and is trying to take back the child or baby Yoda. And then the Mandalorian gets away and takes, uh, takes the child with him and is looking for his own kind to return him. Um, and then season two kind of picked up there, but he's, it didn't really do anything. He's looking for, for more Mandalorians so he can have them help him get to baby Yoda's kind and try and give him back. And, and he ends up meeting up with the guy on Tatooine played by Timothy Oliphant, who is wearing Boba Fett's armor, which was, it seemed like a cool reveal because, you know, this takes place about five years after return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. So seemed like a cool reveal that it ends up not being Boba Fett. So the big question, did he survive the Sarlacc pit or not? Um, you know, and, and there have been comics and things written where he did. Um, but I don't know where that falls in the Disney continuity where they scrapped everything. So it was like, oh, is Boba Fett dead? Um, and I'll leave that question up in the air for, for not to go too deep into it until you get to that. But um, it was just, it was an okay episode. They fought a crate dragon with sand people, but it didn't, they didn't, progress the story at all the child was an afterthought it was kind of weird so i'm hoping this that the show doesn't have the problem with the with the end of the sophomore slump or, or you know with the sophomore slump that some series have where in season two um it, it really dies down and since one of the individuals in our chat just threw out the the spoiler anyway i'll throw out the spoiler yes i did know that boba fett is in the end of the episode for some reason has abandoned his armor and seems to be okay with that fact so um that was interesting anyway but uh you know it's it was a good episode but i'm hoping the show doesn't have the problem that a lot of shows have which is it starts off really strong it's got a really cool fundamental storyline and then they have to keep it going they don't have anything to say yeah, well, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that um, they finally got something right and that they can continue it for at least two seasons. But uh, yeah, let me know if, if, if uh, season two isn't worth a watch. By the time so far, so far, I definitely wouldn't go far enough to say it's not worth the watch. It's just 
the season premiere felt more like just a mid season episode than a season premiere. And I don't know if it was, if it's because it was written really early or um, I, I just don't know why they did it that way. I expected for a show that had the huge cult following that the, the Mandalorian had, I expected the season premiere to feel more impactful. Did the um, season one finale feel like a actual finale? The season one finale felt like a season finale for sure. And, and that's where, like I said, they reveal um, the empires trying to get the child back. And they, they revealed the guy has the dark saber, which again is a big plot point that I ex- assume they're going to build on because that's something from the clone wars TV show. Um, you know, we've got someone in the, in the chat saying, you know, maybe they're just laying a base in this, in this season. And, and I hope that's the case. I was just surprised that it wasn't more, there wasn't more in it, but I'm still very optimistic. I'm still excited to watch the rest of the season. Um, and it's so far as the only thing that Disney has done with Star Wars that has been good. That or maybe the only other thing being they did finally allow the Clone Wars to have its last season that it needed. Cool. All right, cool. so... Let's let's shift things up a little bit. And um, we said we'd go back and forth between nerd culture and politics. So let's talk politics for a minute. And let's talk about the big tech hearing in the Senate. So, um, I, Mike, I'm going to let you kick us off here. But let's let's if just to set the stage for anybody who doesn't, I, I don't know how you wouldn't know this. You'd have to live under a rock, I would assume, to not know that the that big tech colluded to actively hide bad information about uh, about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and, and killed a story massively. So they were, so the CEO of Twitter and Facebook were, um, so Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey were both subpoenaed by the Senate for a hearing. And um, that happened last week. So Mike, walk us through the hearing a little bit. Yeah, so I, I just said, um, essentially, there's a, a huge, huge story against Hunter Biden that should have damaged Joe Biden, but it essentially just was just um, removed from Facebook and Twitter. Um, so like I said, they were, um, the CEOs were subpoenaed and they were kind of asked a bunch of questions and, and how things are, are being done. Um, one thing I found interesting uh, was Jack Dorsey talking about how, um, I want to say this, how they, they're very concerned about misinformation and that they want to do everything in their power to remove misinformation. And I can't remember which senator brought it up, but they, they talked about how there's certain people claiming that the Holocaust didn't exist. And somehow Jack Dorsey agreed that that was misinformation, but still didn't violate uh, Twitter's policy for misinformation was able to be kept up. Um, they also talked about how um, President Trump tweets have been uh, removed for inciting violence. Then they point out, you know, um, there's actual terrorist organizations calling for violence, like actual violence against people, and those are are being upheld. So you can see that Twitter's um, policies are being applied equally. Um, Obviously, my opinion being um, slanted against the conservatives. Uh, I don't don't know, Jeff, if you you want to hop in on that. Yeah, I mean, I... Twitter's policies are blatantly are, are blatantly anti-conservative. I mean, if you look at the, they do, a, they've been doing a lot of things that are 
are not talked about enough. They do things, uh, they do what's called shadow banning, where they'll basically go and um, if you follow a prominent conservative, they'll have followers purged from them periodically. You didn't choose to unfollow that person, but suddenly you're not following them anymore. Um, so they're not, they're not kicking that person off. They're not blocking them so they don't get caught, but they're, they're removing uh, people from following. So nobody sees their tweets. It's called shadow banning. Um, they actively um, shut down conservative uh, tweets far more frequently than they shut down uh, liberal tweets. They, they block, they allow the Ayatollah um, of Iran, who is, who spouts hatred, spouts, um, you know, uh, death to America, things like that. They allow him to speak freely, but they don't allow, Ooh, Virginia is starting to shift, uh, Trump as well, by the way. Um, but they don't allow people like James Woods to say that, uh, you know, to, to call out Hillary Clinton. So Twitter, I think, I think Twitter is bad. What's, what's interesting though, is I actually think Facebook is worse because Facebook a is, is probably a little more popular Twitter. Um, last time I looked at the statistics, Twitter, about 10% of the people who have a Twitter account actively use Twitter. And on, and of that 10%, only like 20% actively tweet. So it's something like 2% of the entire user base are regularly tweeting on Twitter. Um, it's so Twitter isn't super used. Um, I use it because I hate Facebook and I use Twitter to follow news, but yeah, my Facebook, Facebook is, is a lot bigger. Yeah. I think Facebook has like a, a billion active users a day, something like that. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And, and, yeah. and, and Facebook actively seeks to, is actively seeking to eliminate the, sh um, stories they are. Um, they're blocking them from being put through until they go through some arbitrary fact checking, um, that they haven't really identified who the fact checkers are or how long that process takes. They put the, they said they did that with the New York post story over a week later, that story was still not up on their, on, um, on their platform. And there was, there seemed to be no effort to, to get it fact checked. It's, you know, it's, I think, I think it's very obvious when you look at some of the things from like project Veritas, um, and what they're doing with exposing Twitter, Google, Facebook, and their executives, they know that they can manipulate the election by manipulating what you see, how you see it, and the context that is presented to you in. And they actively are working. Their own executives have said they're actively working to keep Trump from winning the White House again. Mm -hmm. um, I, look, well, I am- It's interesting, um, they, you talk about Facebook because it's, it's weird in all the, the hearings I hear, um, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg is, only, is really the only one that's calling for more regulation or saying that, you know, Section 230 of the, of some of the federal laws need to be um, modified. Um, so essentially what happens right now, uh, just for, for everyone who, who doesn't know, is that um, Facebook, um, Twitter, they act like platforms like, um, like telephones are. So essentially whatever goes up on their, on their site, they're not liable for but once they start editing and choosing what can and can't be shown, uh, then they start becoming a publisher. And once you become a publisher, you have to, um, you're, you're liable for what goes up on your site. So they're saying that they're neutral and then they keep doing things that are clearly uh, not neutral. Um, so one thing I wanna point out on the liberal side is that the New York Post story about Trump's taxes. So the issue with that is Trump didn't give them um, their, his taxes. 
So if the New York Times is, is reporting on his taxes, um, then they're doing so illegally. That means they, they received it illegally and that new story shouldn't have gone up. So you have um, the Hunter Biden story um, where you can, you can kind of see that uh, the FBI and, and other organizations are saying that um, we can't prove that this is fake or we can't prove that this is not uh, Russian misinformation. Uh, essentially me saying that it's true. Um, but on the other hand, you have the New York Times saying we have illegal information that we should be in jail for. Um, please help us share it to the world. Well, and what's it's funny you bring that up because one of the reasons that Twitter was using in their shutdown of the Hunter Biden story, if you look at the the actual um, rules they were citing for not allowing it, were we don't they they don't allow dissemination of hacked personal material and things like that. Exactly. So if that were true, then you would also be blocking the New York Times tax return story because you're right that is also personal information that was leaked. So if that's your reason then you should be applying it both ways. And look, I am very rarely in favor of um, regulating private industry, but I think social media has gotten into a, it's gotten into a vein where it's, I think it needs to be treated like a news source. And the same way we regulate the FCC regulates the news. They need to be regulated in that way because social media is become like, if, if they're allowed to censor, stories and they become they are a main source of news for a majority of americans and they are at this point um i think there needs to be regulation and i i I almost feel dirty saying that because i don't like regulating private industries and they are a private business by definition but they've become so ubiquitous in the culture and they've become so much bigger than just a a chat platform or a social media platform they're they're becoming i think they the and another another big part of the mainstream media news source and those are regulated and licensed by the FCC and I think if Twitter and Facebook are going to be allowed to continue to do the things they do they need to be treated in the same way and they need to be regulated in, in that same fashion or uh, they need to be broken up with antitrust laws which again I'm not I actually am very anti antitrust things for a lot of reasons. And I've had arguments with a lot of other conservatives even about this. Um, but you know, big tech is getting to the point where they, they are so powerful that it's not even from a business perspective that they're, they're creating monopoly. They're creating a monopoly on information and that is dangerous to the elector, dangerous to the American people. And I actually think the government needs to step in to preserve the rights of private citizens from being infringed, uh, from being attacked and shut down by these industries. And again, it's a weird gray area to be in, but I I think you have to start regulating them. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's funny you say that because um, I was listening to Dave Rubin talk about this stuff. He's been talking about it for a while. He, He keeps saying, please, please Facebook and Twitter do the right thing before the government comes in and makes you do the right thing. Cause once that happens, they're going to probably going to mess it up. Um, so it's just, it's just funny hearing you say that um, kind of mirroring what, what I've heard other, other people say before. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to point that out. So just to jump in, we'll get back to big tech in a minute, but just to jump in with some more election news. Um, oh, yeah, interesting. 
<laughs> so interesting uh, tidbit of information. I've got I've got sources flying in from all directions, different you know things on my computer, things on my iPad. Uh, my wife texting me things from things she's seeing on the news because uh, I'm I'm trying to stay out of the mainstream news and I'm watching like I said Newsmax. We're just sticking to numbers and I'm seeing reported. I don't want a lot of um, talking heads in my ears, but um, I, I I thought it was interesting. Um, that, that she saw this on Fox and I wanted to talk about it. The Chinese currency has just started to tank. And the, the logical reason for this, and this is what uh, Fox is speculating, and I think it's the only logical reason, is that they're expecting Trump to win, which means his tariffs will stay in place. And so that is an interesting and a good sign for Trump and Trump supporters, and actually a really good thing for the world because the Chinese currency tanking is good for all of us. But um, an interesting international implication of the election and an indicator because people forget how important some of those indicators really are in judging, in, in seeing where the election is going to go before it's decided because those people have information and they know where directions are going and, and they're, 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 they're now betting on their own market that they're going to lose that that Trump's going to win. And also by the way if if he, if that is why they're tanking, that is more evidence that China, the Chinese Communist Party wanted Biden in the White House, which is more reason that America free love freedom loving Americans should not want him in the White House. Anyway, Mike, go ahead with uh, the big tech or, or or wherever you wanted to head. Um I forgot what I was talking about actually. Uh but yeah, essentially I was just I was just saying that uh the uh, big tech hearing. Um, I'm not sure where, where it's going to go, honestly. Um, I, I think it really depends on the, the senators in the House. Um, obviously, what, what happens with the president. But I'm hoping that something, some regulation occurs, um, especially with the, the algorithms, just at least knowing how those are, are happening. Because there was a study that showed that, <laughs> shouldn't be laughing about this, but Facebook was you know, feeding extremists. So you have you know one crazy person, and then they show them, oh look, here's here's other groups of crazy people that you should join, and you're just boosting the amount of extremists in the world. So you really have to be careful with the algorithms and how you you try to get people to be connected with you know like-minded individuals. Um, you have to consider you know what they're thinking and what their mindset is. So yeah, that's just a, a random thought that popped up when, when I was uh, thinking about this or when I was reviewing this. Yeah, it's, so So where do you fall on, I'm, I'm gonna shift things up a little bit. Where So I laid out my thoughts on, on censorship or, or regulation of Twitter, Facebook, Google. Where do you fall on that? Because again, it, it kind of flies in the face of what I typically believe, which is a laissez-faire attitude and let private industries be private industries. So Mike, where do you fall on? So I would, I would agree with you if this was, I guess, decades earlier where controlling, controlling companies can still be moved to the side. But the issue, like, so instance, the issue with Google is if you have an Android phone, you have Google. So Google can, can decide what, what is shown um, on your phone. So you can't, what Android's what, like 50% of the market? Same, and then iPhones probably the other fifty percent with you no know, BlackBerry, all the all the other things thrown in there. So it's it's very easy con to control what people think. If you if you know the CEO of Apple and the, and the CEO of Google decide that we're going to um, not share these stories and share other stories, now it's completely different from when you're back in the day when you're going to like a newsstand and there's twenty different newspapers to choose from. 
and you can like go, oh, this newspaper has been you know, um, telling lies. I, let me just grab a different one. You can't really do that nowadays. You're pretty much locked into what you have. So I agree with the uh, laissez-faire and free market, but the, I don't think the, the market's really free right now. So uh, yeah, in that case, I would, would agree with the regulations. Yeah, I, and and I, I think that you're seeing more and more conservatives get on that bandwagon. And I think it's because, like I said, you we've gotten to the point where those, those industries are more than just, it's not about just making money for them anymore. They're now trying to actually dictate the outcomes of elect of free elections. And that's where, that's where I draw the line on now. Now you're not a private entity anymore. You're trying to step into the, to the realm of government and you're messing with the American people. And that's where, that's where I draw the line because you are trying to tamper directly tamper with free elections um, by, by dictating what people hear, what people see and, and how they see it. Right. Well, even like if you take Amazon and in, in the a previous hearing, I think in July, they were talking about how we're giving all this access to um, stores and businesses that never would have access to um, people because you can search for anything you want on Amazon. The issue with that is that there's a certain company that's selling very well and um, outselling Amazon, then they can just shift the algorithm so that you disappear from the marketplace, or they can they can they can um, shift their their sales. So there's a, a company like Diapers R Us that was doing extremely well. So essentially, what happened was Amazon just sold their diapers at a, a ridiculously low price because Amazon can lose money on um, certain sectors for a short period of time and not have to worry about it. Drove diaper business out of drove Diaper R Us out of business then they bought them and then jacked the prices of diapers back up. So, you know, obviously I don't, I don't have a kid right now. I will eventually. So at some point I'm going to care more about the price of, of diapers. I think it's just, it's just one I of care the... about the price of diapers. <laughs> really? You're not going with the reusable kind? The fact that those are things that people nowadays would still use is disgusting to me. Like I understand at the time when that was the only option, why people use them because you didn't have a choice. If you use like cloth diapers nowadays, you're an, a lunatic. I honestly I mean, cannot for the life of me understand why a human being would do that. It is disgusting. I think it's, it's nasty too, but I understand people wanting to re- reduce their carbon footprint. So going through the however many diapers that, that you go through a day, I have no well, idea. As you know, yeah, I do not so. believe in reducing my carbon footprint. Frankly, if I could, I'd go light a bunch of tires on fire in my backyard to prove a t- uh, to prove a point. So I'm not going to reduce my carbon footprint, and I'm certainly not going to do it by using cloth diapers. <laughs> hey, you do whatever you want. Um, how are the polls looking? All right, so I think um, we're kind of gotten to the point where nothing's really going to happen because we're just getting like. No, a little bit of boats flying in, in, in and out, but not. Yeah, I mean, like, we know we're in this for the long haul. That's why we've got a lot of things on deck to talk about, Mike. I mean, like, like, like the the reality is, even if we stop broadcasting, which which we may do before the election, um, and you know, before the election's called, if we need to. But the reality is, I'm probably not going to bed tonight until the election's called, or until it's very obvious it won't be. So. I'm in this for the long haul. And I know that you probably are as well, because both of us want to know what happens. I want to, I don't want to wake up tomorrow morning and have it pop up on my phone who won the election. This isn't like a football game that I can go to bed and not care who won. Um, I really want to know before I go to bed who the president elect is. 
I'm just I'm just saying like right now it's just oh yeah we're definitely in that dark period where we're gonna wait but the cool thing is we're actually at the point now where we should see a lot of states start getting to get called um really quickly so I'm surprised I'm still surprised Florida hasn't been um because it's still 51 percent 51.3 percent and 47.8 percent so I don't I don't see how Trump doesn't win that um well, and again, uh, so far, the only group I've seen call it is Newsmax, but Newsmax did call it for Trump. Newsmax actually oh, currently shows the title at, or shows the total at 144-115. Here's sure. the other thing that's interesting, by the way, and I don't care at all about this because I'm an American who understands the Constitution, but I do think it's interesting because you always hear about it from liberals who don't understand things. You know who's winning the popular vote right now? Trump by about $2 million. Yeah. So... I just think that's, like I said, the popular vote doesn't matter because the Electoral College exists for a reason, but I think that's interesting. Now, granted, we're going to get 30 million votes in from the state of California, and that's right. going to swing things a lot, but, well, actually, you have 30 million people in California. You're not, you're not going to get 30 million votes there, but regardless. So, um, what's in, you know, you asked where we're at. Arizona is sitting um, with an eight-point lead for, for Biden with 73% reporting, but we saw a similar situation with Ohio about an hour ago and Ohio has, has shifted. And now it's a six point lead for Trump with 86%. Again, the thing you have to remember is in a lot of these States that the Republicans typically win, it is all based on getting outside of the metropolitan areas. When you, whenever you, whenever you are looking at whether it's Texas, whether it's Florida, whether it's um, Arizona, any of these States that are consistently Republican strongholds, their votes come from the suburbs and from the rural parts of the state, which typically are reported later. So am I saying that Arizona is going to flip like Ohio did? <clears throat> Not necessarily, but I think there's a strong indication that it could. Um, I, I still don't think that Arizona is in a spot where you could call it for Biden. Florida, um, I, I would call for, uh, for Trump. Um, Georgia is sitting with 60%, only 60% reporting, but is a 12-point lead for Trump. I think Trump's going to carry Georgia again. Um, only 38% reporting in Michigan, but a 12-point lead there for Trump. Um, also very strong. Both of us have that on our map, and I think it's going to be going to be there. 41% in Minnesota, and Minnesota is a 23-point Biden lead. Um, we might have both been too optimistic and thinking he could carry Minnesota, but hey, you, you got you to gotta take those shots. Um, North Carolina was another state we talked about North Carolina, the, the mainstream media about an hour and a half ago was talking about North Carolina flipping blue. And we're now at 92% reporting and Trump has a narrow lead. It's only 1%, but he is leading. Yeah. Ohio again, 6%, uh, 6% lead with 86% reporting. Pennsylvania has a 10 point Trump lead, only 36% reporting right now. But What's interesting is I believe a lot of the, the Philadelphia and stuff vote uh, came in early. I, I'll have to double check on that. But, um, you know, if, if, if you assume that that's already gone, if that vote's gone, then, then, then he's got no chance. Because the only way that Biden carries, carries Pennsylvania is if he's carrying the rural parts of the state. And if, if those are now starting to come in strong for Trump, which they probably are after Biden said he was going to shut down the oil industry, um, that's going to be Pennsylvania going for Trump. And, and I have not heard anyone on the left 
aside from Biden's campaign manager who came out today and said, we can still win without Pennsylvania, um, which is funny because it's pretty much her conceding that she knew they wouldn't win Pennsylvania, but I've not heard any, any legitimate analyst with see a path to victory for Biden that doesn't include Pennsylvania on his map. So without Pennsylvania, I think, I think that's the keystone state. Trump takes that. He takes the election, um, Texas, 71% and Trump's lead is widening. Um, and Wisconsin, 50% reporting with a 3% Trump lead. So in the battleground states right now, Trump leads in all but Arizona and um, and Minnesota. So, in, and granted, they're, they're at varying levels of, of reporting, but really looking good for Donald Trump in, in the election right now. Um, you know... The, the official map from, from Apple is sitting at 131 Biden, 108 Trump, but I'm looking at 144 Trump, 115 Biden by states called by Newsmax. Um, Bloomberg, I'm, I'm assuming, is still in alignment with the, the map that I'm looking at for Apple. So we're seeing things go a few different directions, but um, I, I, I think it's, it's all looking good for Donald J. Trump to be um, president for the next four years. Yeah. So in 2016, Minnesota, um, Bill Clinton won 46.9% and Trump won 45.4%. So I just want to point out that even though the lead looks massive right now for Biden, um, I think it's going to shrink up quite a bit. And I, I'm still, I still wouldn't be surprised if it still shifts over to Trump. Just, that's just my two cents. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I'm getting some other news coming in as well that I wanted to uh, to throw out as well. Just as the Chinese market is going down, um, overnight trading on the U.S. market is booming right now. On the expectation, uh, the speculation from Fox anyway is on the speculation that Trump is going to win the election. Um, again, regardless of political affiliation, Wall Street does like Trump, and you could see it by the fact that his gains in 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 the stock market have been historic throughout his presidency. So um, A, that's good for all of our pockets and our 401ks and B, um, another indicator that people who have a lot of money riding on this and people who have kind of inside tracks on where things are going um, because those, you know, those hedge fund managers and things out there, they've got some knowledge, right? Um, those people are starting to see, see a trend as well. So a lot of signs tipping to the fact that Donald J. Trump will be president again. Um, which is, is, is good for everyone except for people who live in urban areas that are going to be burned to the ground over the next few days as the upset liberals riot. Because I, I want to point something else out, by the way. You saw in cities like Beverly Hills and New York boarding up businesses to prepare for riots. They were not preparing for, first of all, those are areas where there's not a lot of MAGA hat wearing Trump supporters. So they're not worried about those people coming in and rioting. And B, it's pretty clear that when, if, if Trump loses, there are going to be 60 plus million Americans that are upset, myself included, and really dejected tomorrow about the state of the country. I'm, however, not going to go riot. It, when Biden loses, because I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when, we're going to have riots for the next few days. The good thing is, without an election on the line, once he's won, I really think Trump can actually take into, into effect the Sedition Act and or the Insurrection Acts and, and actually send the military in to shut this down. Because I think he was let a lot of it go so that it would hurt the Democrats in this election. Once the elections are done, he can go in and send the military and shut this down, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, I think he will. 
Yeah. You said it well. You said it well. I, I agree. Um, so this is kind of a, a random topic that we didn't have planned. Um, okay. So a lot of people think that um, conservatives are against the $15 minimum wage because they hate poor people. Um, so I guess I, I want to give my reason why I'm against um, the $15 minimum wage. And I guess you can you can give yours and let's see what we can we agree on this. So for me, the $15 minimum wage really won't have an impact. And the reason I say that is because um, you put out the $15 minimum wage, then inflation goes up. And then I don't know about you, Jeff, but I know I have a I have a raise that adjusts for inflation on top of a, a, a different raise. So you know, after one or two years, I'm really not impacted. You know, only thing is that my my um, the money I make goes up. But what's going to happen is you're going to see the cost of fruit food go up. You're going to see um, the cost of cars go up. You're going to see the cost of housing and also other things going to go up. So what's going to happen is the people who were making the minimum wage beforehand and they're now making fifteen dollars a minimum wage are going to be in the same boat. What we're also going to see is that people are going to be losing their jobs because a lot of small companies can't handle paying $15 to everyone. People seem to think that the, the country is nothing but giant billion dollar corporations. And we know that half of the economy is really run by small business owners. And that half of the country is gonna hurt. Um, so that's just, that's just my two cents. What are, what are your thoughts on the $15 minimum wage or, or, or just any minimum wage in general? Um, so first of all, I, I wanted to just mention someone, one, uh, one of our listeners in the chat, um, Matt, just, he agreed with you. It, it'll make business raises, businesses raise their prices. And that's exactly what it is. Um, I I'm against the $15 minimum wage because a it's, it's economically nonsensical, um, for, for a couple of reasons. And, and B because it's bad for small business. So one, why is it economically nonsensical? Well, because as you mentioned, all it's going to do is inflate the prices of goods. The, the cost of living is evaluated by the cost of goods in the, in the market. You basically look at, you know, the cost of eggs, the cost of milk, things like that. And it's typically based on what the minimum wage is as because companies are going to charge what they have to charge to make a profit. If Walmart has to start paying everybody 15 bucks an hour, they're not going to just pay that and cut their profit margins. What they're going to do is raise the price on all their goods that those minimum wage workers buy. Um, the other reason it's a problem is, look, I'll be honest. I have nothing against poor people, but I do have a problem with expecting that people who do a minimum wage job deserve to be above the poverty line. I, I, I don't like when people use that argument. Well, no one should have to work two jobs and, and be below the poverty line. Yeah, you should if you don't have a skilled job. Look, minimum wage jobs are not designed to be careers. Th those are jobs like working fast food, stocking shelves at Walmart. And those are honest jobs. They're honest days work. And I have no problem with people who do them, but that is not a job you support a family with. And it is not. A, and if it is, then you know what you're, you know what you're getting into because it is not the job of a company or me to pay for you to have that life decision. Look, you can do other things. You can go to trade school. You can take classes. You can, you can work your way up within a company starting for minimum wage, but 
it's not fair for the American businesses and American workers and small businesses to have to pay an unreasonable wage for people who have minimal skills. Because the reality is those jobs, minimum wage jobs 30 years ago were primarily worked by high school students as their first job. And then they were moved on from. Now we're seeing more and more people continue to keep those jobs and we're seeing wage growth not happen for those individuals. Well, if you get into the job market and you go and, and get skills, you have wage growth and that's, you should be paid according to your value to your company. That is, that is fulfilling a fiduciary responsibility to its shareholders. And that is to make money. So yeah, do I think that people should be beaten and should be worked like they were in the industrial revolution where they you know, were in poor working conditions and almost died? No, but do I think that a person who flips burgers deserves $15 an hour? No, you certainly don't. And here's the other thing is, and you mentioned this already, Mike, people will lose their jobs from this because it's not just minimum. It, you mentioned small businesses and you're right. Those companies will cut people because they can't afford to pay them. And they'll go from 10 workers to five to make that happen. Many of them have already said that. But it's not just them. It's companies like McDonald's that are huge that already in places like Europe, kiosks are much bigger than their employee. Like you order at a kiosk, you get your food brought and all they're doing is making the food and bringing it to you. And you don't have somebody at the cash register. You don't have, all you have to do is just introduce more robotics and more automation and you can eliminate workers. So yeah, you make McDonald's pay 15 bucks an hour and they're going to have five, you know, they're going to have, instead of having 20 people on their staff, they'll have five because there are other ways that they can invest capital. And in the short term, they'll have a cost. And in the long term, they'll have huge savings. So if you want to push the $15 minimum wage, what you're effectively doing is eliminating minimum wage jobs. Right. They're, 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 they already have robotic um, robotics that can flip burgers and do it perfectly every single time. Like there's, there's, there's there's too much automation that's going on um, that there's at a they're at a balance point where, where they're considering the, the the wage of the person plus whatever benefits they have versus the cost of the machine over however, however many years it is it's going to run so ten years plus the maintenance plus the uh, you know mechanic that has to come and fix it and you know it's getting close to uh, parity and if you do that fifteen minimum wage and you just throw it over then you're going to see a, a certain shift in, um, in robotic robotic jobs, or not, not really not jobs, but um, robo uh, robots taking over. Um, and then just to talk about the minimum wage. So I have up right now the, the unemployment rate um, going back to the 1929. So 1933, um, it hits its peak 24.9%. And FDR's new deal kicks in um, and it starts steadily dropping. Um, it gets down to 14.3% in 1937. Um, then it shoots back up to 19% uh, when they start the minimum wage. Like it's very obvious from the very beginning of when we start doing minimum wage that it, it hurts unemployment. So, you know, people who, who are going to keep their jobs are going to have some benefit, but you're going to you're going to take out the people at the low end. So I just get irritated when people are talking about you're trying to help poor people and you, you keep hurting the very people you, you, you claim to want to help. Yeah, all you're going to do is look, you could make the minimum wage a thousand dollars an hour. And all you're going to do is make the, you're going to move the poverty line up in line with where that minimum wage is. It's, it's again, it's economically nonsensical to think that raising the minimum wage 
gets people out of poverty. That's not how it works. You're not doing, all you're doing is raising the amount of money that you need in order to live. So now you're going to, what you're, you will eliminate the gap between the middle class and the poor because the middle class will suddenly become more poor because their wages won't go up as the minimum wage, excuse me, yeah. the minimum wage will rise. Yeah, the, and, the, the middle class and upper middle classes, the gap's gonna increase. It's like I said, um, I think for me, and I'm assuming for you, you're going to get like a uh, cost of inflation increase, and then you're going to be fine. You may, you may, I mean, for me, it's like, all right, I'll have to go out to eat one, uh, out to dinner one time less per month or two times less per month. It doesn't really matter to me because I, I cook, I like to cook anyway. But for other people, I see it's going to hurt a lot more than um, they, they, they say it's going to help. And I don't understand how people can look at the data and the, and they're all people with law degrees and still think the minimum wage is a good idea. Like you, you see that it doesn't do what it says it's supposed to do. We know that for a fact. Yeah, the big thing is I don't understand how anybody who understands basic economics could think it's a good idea. I mean, it, it, but the, the reality is the people who push this don't understand basic economics. They, they understand manipulated economics where they believe that you can shift all the responsibility onto the state. Um, and, and that's the problem is, is the minute raising the minimum wage is just going to put, push the poverty line higher and you'll end up with more people in poverty. That's all it's going to do. Um, it's not going to drive anything. And actually, you know, to that point, you talked about all, we talked about automation again in the chat, um, good comment being made. Companies want to automate everything. Um, in the chat, um, Matt mentioned my company wants to automate my job and I'm a project manager. So, and, and that would, that was his comment verbatim. And that's a good, I mean, like, it's not just burger flippers or order takers at McDonald's that people want to automate. Companies are already looking to automate jobs. And, and the more you force them to pay, like companies will pay their employees because they need to pay them to have good employees and to have good talent. But if you force them to pay more than that talent's worth based on their skill level, then they're going to look to automate. And, and that's going to push into, I mean, like we're engineers, but eventually you're going to get to the point where you, you do less and less with actual engineering. You say, okay, 90% of it's going to be done on a computer program. We're going to pay you on a contract salary to review these five things. Like that's the kind of stuff that happens. And one of our fraternity brothers says, I automate your jobs for a living. So I think what we need to do in the short term is take out all the mathematicians um, to save everyone else's job. So Phil, we're coming for you. They, all he does is work in theoretical math anyway. <laughs> I learned that when he sat in on one of my engineering classes and once it got to actually using real numbers, he said, oh, well, that doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it does to people in the real world. People who actually have to do things. <laughs> so let's take a quick look at the election map real quick. So oh, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing 135 Biden, 108 Trump. Yeah, so and again, Texas, they still haven't called. So Texas is reporting 83 to 92% in with Donald Trump leading 51.3% to 47.3%. Yeah, Florida, and that's, and that's not going to close. That, that gap's not going to, not going to, that gap's not going to tighten. It, as Texan, you know, all of, all of Biden's votes in Texas sit in a few areas. They sit in San Antonio, they sit in El Paso, they sit in Houston and Dallas. And once you get outside of those areas, and you don't have to get very far outside, once you get into the suburbs and then into the rural areas of Texas, which is where the majority of that state's votes are, 
um, that's where it is very heavily read. And I say that A, as someone who lives in Texas and sees it every day, and B, as somebody who can look back at the election math from 2016, 2012, 2008, um, going all the way back, that's how it sits. So Texas, whether it's been called or not, it could be. Um, it, you know, Florida, same way, Florida could be called. Um, Florida sitting at 97% reporting with a 4% lead by Trump. There's, there's no way that Biden's not, that Biden's going to pull this out. Um, as, as Trump has done very well in Miami Dade in an area where Biden needed to win, to win Florida. Trump did very well there. Um, Trump did very well in, um, Broward County and he's doing really, really well in the, in the outskirts of Florida, outside of, um, Miami, outside of, uh, Orlando and those cities. So yeah, I'm seeing, you know, 10835 or 108 to 135 is the same count, obviously, that Apple's showing. We've been talking about that tonight. Mm. Newsmax, again, showing a slightly different count because they're calling some – Newsmax called Florida before anybody else did, and, and yeah, um, it makes sense to call them. And they're sitting at 144 Trump for 126 Biden. So, so yeah, um, so, and then it's kind of just focus on Michigan. So you have 41 to 45% of the total votes in and Trump sitting at um, a plus 11% lead. So 54.6% to 43.7%. And again, a lot of the, one of the really positive signs for, for Trump is, is that Wayne County vote we talked about where, where he's, he didn't win in Wayne County, but he pulled a lot of votes in that area, which is really good considering that's one of the bluest parts of the state. So um, there's, there's a lot of positive for Trump there and another positive indicator for Trump and for the Republican party for the Senate is John James, his lead on Gary Peters continues to widen. He's currently sitting at a 12%, um, lead over Peters. So it looks like a, we will flip that seat. And that is again, a good indicator for Trump as he campaigned very heavily for James. And it's likely that a lot of the people that are voting that, that voted to put James in that seat, um, many of them likely, likely uh, voted Republican down the ticket more than, more than likely. I know, I know of one person that didn't, he won't be named. I said many, I didn't say all. I know that there are some who didn't, but uh, in many cases, I think that if, if we're going to flip a Senate seat, you're more than likely going to see that be a good indicator for, um, for Trump. And as, as uh, Phil in our chat has mentioned, uh, Macomb County um, also is getting Reagan Democrats coming back. So you're seeing, you're seeing some really good signs in Michigan. Uh, again, both of us had that on our electoral map, and I, I think uh, Trump will carry, carry the day there. Ohio also has tightened up significantly. Um, about two hours ago, we thought, you know, it looked like um, Ohio was shifting heavily towards Biden. And now with about 90% of the vote in, um, Trump's lead there is 8%. So Ohio has really widened for Trump as those rural counties came in. Again, I think that's going to be the story of the evening is we're going to see a lot of these, um, we're going to see a lot of these in-person votes in rural counties that are being counted late that are the last things to be reported um, where a lot of Trump voters did that because I think there are, especially in those um, more rural communities. I think there are a lot of Trump supporters that did not trust mail-in ballots and they didn't want to vote early um, for a number of reasons. And they wanted to make sure their vote was counted. So they went out and they stood in line today. And that seems to be what's happening is as those come, as those votes come in, those leads are widening in the states that Trump needs to carry to win this election. Yeah, I agree. And 
Um, what I'm also seeing is that the, the libertarian count is uh, going down. So in 2016, it was 3.6%. Uh, if you look at Michigan now, um, it's 1.2%. So I think it's the, a lot of the never Trumpers from 2016 have shifted back towards the Republican Party. So like I said, and once you decrease that, that abnormal libertarian and green party um, results from 2016, it shifts more towards the Republican party. Yeah, I think, I think that definitely makes sense. And, you know, I think, you know, I, I think that we're going to, it's going to be a long night and whether or not this election gets called tonight is, is still up in the air in my mind, but I think we're getting much closer to the potential that we can go to bed tonight with some smiles on our faces that, um, we live in the suburbs. Our houses won't be burned to the ground by uh, pissed off liberals, but um, the city of New York might be and, and some other areas across the country. But, you know, uh, the Hollywood libs will, will get what's coming to them as their houses are burned to the ground when uh, Biden loses this election tonight. Well, they said they're leaving the country anyway, so it'll be fun. What's, um, I, I do want to give it a nice shout out to Detroit because they uh, didn't have any of that during the uh, summer. There was, uh, I think, like one or two days of some mild stuff compared to what else went around the country. But the, the police force shut that down very quickly. Um, I didn't see any interference during the day from the police when it was peaceful protests. But when the riot started, um, they they were quickly kicked out, especially out of downtown Detroit. Because to be honest, if you if you destroy downtown Detroit, you're going to destroy a lot of revenue for Detroit. Detroit needs every dollar it can get to make this come back. All right, Mike. So doesn't look like we're going to have any new election news for a few minutes. So um, let's, let's find another topic to talk about. So I'll throw it out to the chat. Like I did um, before any topics, anyone wants to hear nerd culture or political. Um, and we'll talk that otherwise uh, it's, it's dealer's choice and it's uh, Michael at the floor, but um, as we wait on some more counties to start reporting, some more news to get um, pulled in. And by the way, we've got some more states that were called. I will make one more announcement on the election. We've got some more states that were called, um, uh, according to Bloomberg and Apple, um, basically the entire West Coast. Uh, so California, um, Oregon, Washington, um, all called for Biden. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. What? Uh, although, Biden? although <laughs> in reality, most of the, none of those states are reporting more than 1%. So it doesn't really, doesn't really mean much, but we, I, I think it would be, it would be the shock of the, of the century. If Trump turned California red again, they haven't gone red since, since Reagan. And um, as, as many states as Trump's been able to flip in his previous election and, in, and as what I think he'll do in this one, you know, taking Michigan and things, I don't think that Trump's the man to turn California red again. Um, it would be fantastic, but uh, it, it won't happen. So, you know, the, the West coast being called. So it's now sitting 209 Biden, 112 Trump. Uh, the good thing in my mind though, is I really don't think you're going to see Biden start to pick up. I, I, I just, the, what it comes down to at the end of the day is these 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 counts don't matter if you don't hit 270, right? And and I don't see a path to the election for Biden that doesn't go through Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's looking um, better for Trump. Uh, Michigan, Ohio. I mean, most of the key battlegrounds that we've talked about are right now looking good for Donald Trump and not looking so good for a Biden campaign that um, saw declining polls over the last two weeks. So 
yeah, okay, good. You picked up 55 votes in California that everybody kind of penciled you in for, um, you know, before the election was even conceived of. I mean, this you could have penciled that in in 1776 um, if you knew what the election was going to go. But I, I think that you're going to see Biden start to, to peter out as the night goes on. So we do have some some requests for some topics. We, I want to hear more about Samwise. He's the real hero. Meriwether and Pippin, come on now. So um, I, I, I love the, the Lord of the Rings references. And uh, I, I'd be happy to talk Lord of the Rings if people actually want to hear that. I do love Lord of the Rings. Mike doesn't like the Lord of the Rings because he's gay. Wow. That can be whatever I want to be. Don't judge me. Um, so going really quick back to the election. So in 2016, California went 62% Clinton and 32% Trump. What do you think the spread is going to be? I think it'll actually tighten. I do think you'll see, I think it'll tighten, but I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think California is going to flip red, but I don't think that California is going to, uh, going to be as heavily Biden as it was Clinton, just because I do think the riots have gotten some of the some of the more remote areas in Northern California and stuff more fired up to probably go vote than they did in the last election. So you might see something more like, um, you know, 60, 40 or 55, 45, but I don't think that you're going to see anything beyond that. All right. Oh, we got a 55, 45 uh, thrown out there in, in as well by Busted Flex Plate, who I don't know what that is, but thank you for chiming in. I have no idea who that is either. But I posted this to my um, my YouTube. We, my we're seeing, we, and, and Phil is saying he thinks it's going to be 70-30 for, uh, in, in Texas, or in uh, California, excuse me. So it's, it, you know, we, we'll see, but I, I'm leaning more towards uh, towards Busted Flex Plate, our, our listener in the chat. Um, there have been huge Trump parades there. There have, there have been a lot of uh, rallies for Trump there that have been uh, grassroots led. And I, I think you'll see a, a tightening of that gap, but it won't be enough to make it go red. Um, so it'll all essentially all be for naught. Now, what would be nice is if we could pick up a house seat or two in, in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, didn't we do that in 2018? One that had like been. Uh, we we picked up a couple seats there. Yeah. I I mean, I thought there was one else like blue since like the 70s or something, something crazy like that. Yeah. We did. We did pick up one that had been blue for a really long time. I don't remember how long, but, you know, I I think we could pick up some, but we're not going to, we're not going to pick up the electoral votes there. I think that would be, uh, that's a pipe dream that, that I didn't, I'm not even going to dream big enough to think, think we could do that. I would love it. I think if we somehow took California, I'd probably go to bed before the election was called, and not even worry about it because there's no, there's no way Biden could win the presidency without California. Um, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, pretty much. So we were talking about Star Wars. What's your thoughts on Disney killing nerd culture in general? Well, I'll let you start, actually. I know you have some thoughts on this, and I'll chime in. So what are your thoughts? Um, so I'm, I'm a huge, like, DC fan. Um, I think I'm currently rocking around 2,500 comics for, for DC. Is um, that it? Maybe 100. Uh, I haven't did like, it in a while. I have 5,000. Oh. You've got to have more than that. You have 5,000? Yeah, I'm over 5,000. Are you counting your, your wives, too? I mean, they're all mine. She reads some, but they're all that collection is all mine. 
So you're cutting your wife. All right. So it doesn't okay. count. But she doesn't buy them. She reads some of them, but they're all my comics. I just okay. got her in. I got her into reading them to allow me to continue my habit. Uh, okay. All right. So I'm at uh, 3,149 comics. I'm actually, I actually thought you had more than that. Um, I'm, I'm surprised by that. But anyway, go on. my train of thought. Anywho, I was saying that clearly I love DC more than Marvel. But um, when As Iron any Man, came, good man should. <laughs> when Iron Man came out, came out, I thought it was a, a great film. Um, same with Captain America. Same with Thor. Um, pretty much the, the phase one of Marvel movies. They were very great. Um, what I, I love about them and what um, I think DC Comics are doing is that they're making very great um, character-driven stories and these protagonists just happen to be superheroes and antagonists happen to be supervillains. But when you get to phase two, you see this, this shift from like really good story to um, every five minutes we need to crack a joke. To, we need to, to start selling um, toys or action figures. And the story really doesn't matter because we have everyone hooked on it anyway. So in my opinion, Disney has, has killed um, Marvel. I think this next phase is going to show a huge decline in the box office, um, especially with, like, they're really not with Black Widow, who was killed off in the last Avengers movie. Like, there's, there's no interest for me to go see it the same way there was no interest for me to see Captain Marvel because you, you essentially had Thor and Thor who was like the strongest in the comics and then we go oh we have Captain Marvel just throw, throw her in there um, especially when she seems to not be needed because Thor almost beat um, Thanos and so that the third Avengers movie so she just seemed pointless to me well and not then, to mention what's what's funny about that is you've got you've got Disney force feeding and, and I'll get on a political bent a little bit and this is a nerd topic but a political bent they're force they're force feeding woke culture down everyone's throat with the with those characters because look it, it's got nothing to do with being misogynist or anything like that captain marvel is a comic book that every single time it has been released has been canceled within six months of its run because it doesn't sell. She's a character no one cares about. The most significant thing Captain Marvel has ever done in the Marvel universe is in the X-Men animated TV show, die because Rogue killed her and took her powers. And, and that allowed Rogue the power of flight and things like that. That's, that's what many uh, people will remember. People didn't even realize, a lot of people don't realize Rogue doesn't do those things in the comics. Um, mm -hmm. She got those powers from killing Captain Marvel by mistake. And that's probably the most significant Captain Marvel contribu contribution to the Marvel universe. So, you know, like I agree with you, Captain Marvel was kind of superfluous to begin with, especially because they made, they, they basically said Thor, who is definitively the strongest Avenger in the comic books is weaker than this person that no one likes. And then they're force feeding that down our throats and saying, she's now going to be the leader of the Avengers in this next generation that no one cares to watch. So like in the comics, Thor literally can walk on the sun. And in the in the in the movies, he's the new um, all father. Like he is the strongest in this universe. And they just threw Captain America Marvel in, which I thought was extremely stupid. Um, not to mention in Endgame, by the way, I just want to throw this out there, not to get too off topic, but not to mention in Endgame, he's fighting with me. He has Mjolnir back. 
when he, when Thanos is, is down for a second, why not just pull a, a, a Thor movie, uh, the first movie, like he did with Loki, and just lay it on his chest? Thanos can't lift Mjolnir. Yeah, he can't go anywhere. So it would have been done, but they don't do anything like that. They just do stupid things that don't make any sense, which is a big problem with Endgame as a, as a movie. Um, by the way, I'm going to, since I know, I know you're not seeing the chat right now, I'm going to throw this out there and then we'll keep going. But do have um, a couple comments, um, but I'm going to throw this question out from Busted Flexpate. Who is the best Batman? Um, and they're asking you specifically. Um, so I'll let you answer and then I can give my opinion if you want. Hmm, the best Batman. That's that's a real, so the the issue is all the Batman and all the Jokers have been completely different. Um, so I think that that's that's a that's a good question. I thought Ben Affleck did a, a really great job of being like the sinister evil Batman, especially if you look at Batman v Superman, where he's like hanging up in the corners in the shadow. And like the people, uh, the woman that he saves, like, you know, he's still here. We have to uh, to stay away from him. Like he really portrayed the uh, the devil of, of Gotham very well. And you know, looking at the fight scene, um, I, I remember talking to my cousin about this so many times. But you know, when he busts through the, the the floor, and you're shooting down, and he's up above you, and he drops down and hits your your friend, I'm laying immediately laying down because clearly I can't see where he's going. Or when he takes a crate and like flexes his arm and just knocks someone out, or probably killed them, uh, knocks the uh, grenade, kills those people. Um, he took one dude, punched him so hard that his feet or his head touched his feet. It's like at, at some point I'm like, no, I'm just gonna lay down and I'm gonna be the guy that helps my my friends get to the hospital because we all we all can be bruised and battered. Um, sorry, I was on a little rant. I thought. Um, Christian Bale did a great job overall. I think one of the issues um, with the Christopher Nolan ones is that they their fight choreography was um, subpar. So when you're watching it the first time, you don't really notice it. But if you're like me and you watch the movies five or six um, a dozen times, then you start to see the you can start to see that they they're maybe not um, doing retakes of the fight scenes. They, they start to see the more robotic, especially after watching the Ben Affleck. Um, but I love. What I loved about the Chris Manola ones is the actual, he did detective things, um, like investigating like the, the bullet fired. Um, I love how he just, just went to China. Like this is the, that's the very, I'm a I'm Batman move and brings him back. Um, I think overall, this is kind of cheating because it's um, animated, but the animated Batman, I think is the best Batman because you really can't mess that one up. You can, you can make them do things that Human that that yeah. is definitely. I, I don't know how they feel about it in the chat, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, to jump down on that. So, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm I am the resident Batman fanatic of, of the of the two of us by far. Um, I, I agree with what you said though about Ben Affleck. I think from the movies, uh, definitively Ben Affleck is the best Batman. If you look at true to the actual comic character himself. Um, his fighting style is the most like Batman in the comics. He's quick. He's moving around. He's uh, not lumbering. He's, you know, he's brutal. Um, it's, that was the most interesting Batman to watch. And he's the most, he fits a grizzled old Batman very, very well. Um, the best Batman movies are easily the Christopher Nolan trilogy. The Dark Knight is the best of the, of any of those movies by far. And Christian Bale did a really good job of playing Bruce Wayne. And, but in hindsight, he was not a great Batman. 
Um, he did some things that I really loved and I, I loved the Christian Bale Batman movies at the time and I still love them. But when you compare, it, it comes down to the fight choreography, like you said, when you compare that to what Ben Affleck did, Christian Bale's, especially in The Dark Knight Rises, which is by far the worst in terms of the fight choreography of him, he kind of fights like a plodding oaf, which is not how Batman fights. Um, he's not slow. He's he's moving around a lot. He's using the shadows to his advantage, and he should be quick and and um, striking that way. And the only movie that really happens in is Batman versus Superman. So. Right. I, I think Ben Affleck's been my favorite, but Christian Bale is probably the best in, in playing the character um, fully through in terms of being, he was a good uh, Bruce Wayne that's not, not kind of jaded yet. Um, and he, he did do something that previous actors to him hadn't done. Um, ben Affleck didn't have to because they had a voice modulator in the suit, which was a cool twist. But mm -hmm. Christian Bale did something that even... Um, even other actors hadn't done in the past, but is a Kevin Conroy thing from the, the cartoon is Batman, when he's talking as Batman, Batman deepens and changes his voice. So he doesn't sound like Bruce Wayne. Christian Bale did that. Now it got, it got progressively worse throughout all the movies to the point where it's, where's the trigger? And it's, it, it was, it was bad. Um, but it, at least he did that. The first, the first one and, was, and, was you great. know, first two movies were great. Oh, they were, and the dark Knight was fantastic. And, you know, nobody else had done that in the past. Um, you know, Michael Keaton didn't do it. Val Kilmer didn't do it. Even though Phil is saying Val Kilmer is the best Batman. That is atrocious. He's only, he's only better than George Clooney. Michael Keaton is significantly better Batman, even than Val Kilmer. Um, and, and I will fight you on that. If, if you think that Val Kilmer is the best Batman, then, then I will meet you in the parking lot and we'll settle this. Um, so yeah. And for, for the one person who answered this, not thinking about the actors, uh, we got, we got an answer of Jean-Paul Valley is, is the best it. Batman. Oh, I didn't know oh, you can see the chat now. Awesome. So yeah, Jean-Paul <laughs> Valley is not the best Batman. He is definitively the worst Batman for a number of reasons. And I've had this argument with a number of people. So Jean-Paul Valley is a terrible Batman, which is why he got kicked out of the suit. The reason that it, it's just hilarious to me is because Jeff and I used to go on this, go to this comic book store, um, they had like like a dollar or 50 cent comics if you buy enough of them and so like, yeah it might have even been cheaper than that but anyway yeah so like when we were rebuilding our, our comic book collections and we wanted to buy um like huge stories that were like you know 50 100 um, issues deep we would go there first to try to get as many as we possibly could and there's this one guy there that always will walk up to jeff and tell him that john paul valley was the best comic was the best uh, Batman. And there was actually a few times where I would ask the dude what he thought, who was the best Batman, and then he would walk away. All the dust was, uh, was forced to sit there. <laughs> but, uh, I miss those times, Jeff. Yeah, it, those times were fun, but yeah, John Paul Valley is not the best Batman. <laughs> I had a problem with it then. I have a problem with it now. It's, he, when you have a, the, the whole argument from that guy was, well, he kills. So it, you know, he eliminates the crime. That is the whole reason he's not the right bat, <laughs> but I don't need to go off on this tangent that, that no one but me probably cares about, but no, to the person who said John Paul Valley is the best Batman. I don't know if you said it because you knew it would annoy me, which is possible. Or if you said, said it because you believe it, but if you believe it, you are wrong. You are definitively wrong. So who's, who's the best Joker in your opinion? Um, 
from three jokers or are we talking actors now uh, that, that's a tease for another topic for for coming up but um i i think this is pretty clear and pretty easy i, I don't know that there's a lot of disagreement out there in the world about this but Heath ledger by far is the best joker best actor to play the joker now you could definitely make the argument that jack nicholson is better depending on what depiction of the joker you like heath ledger played him more as the the psychopath the criminal style of joker um jack nicholson was more the 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 theatrical clown which i really really liked um but I, I'm a Heath Ledger fan. I, I think hands down his performance was the best I've seen. Jared Leto was a massive disappointment. And the 60, what was that? Walking Phoenix. See, I don't consider, I know that Walking Phoenix played Joker technically. I don't consider Walk. I, I don't know. To me, I don't know that I'd put that in there because Walking Phoenix is not the Joker. Be, based on the way that movie is done, I don't think that you can call Walking Phoenix the Joker per se because he's not he's not the Batman's Joker. He's far too old to be the Joker that deals with Batman with the age they show Bruce Wayne in that movie. Mm. So I, and, and even they've even alluded to it since the director and Joaquin Phoenix, as they've talked about the sequel that, um, that you will potentially find out that he's the inspiration for the Joker that we all know to be the Joker. Um, okay, and, and, and I don't know because they haven't made the sequel yet, but it's a really great movie. And I think he played a really interesting character, but I don't think he played the Joker. I think he played a man slipping into madness, which was a really good movie. I don't think he played the Joker as we think of the Joker. Mm. To me, I wouldn't put him in the running. What about you? Um, I mean, that's, that's a good point. I, I, I thought he, he played, you're right. I think he, he was the inspiration, but if you consider him as the, one of the, as a Joker, especially because we, we read the, um, the Three Jokers comic book. Um, I thought he did a, a fantastic job. Um, what what I thought was hilarious, or, or maybe not hilarious, but maybe maybe more annoying, is that all the people that thought like people were going to go crazy after seeing the Joker, and it's like, nope, everyone was nice and calm, nothing happened whatsoever. You're like, there's gonna be mass shootings and, and riots and, and anarchy. It's not like, only that, the media was actually mad that there wasn't. Yeah, they they were mad that the that the white middle class Trump rage didn't actually pan out of that movie and cause people to go killing. And newsflash, that's because conservatives are not murderous rioters like liberals. Um, and by the way, well, Cesar Romero was actually an, it was actually a, not a bad Joker, Phil. But um, I do not think anyone from the '60s Batman show is the best of anything because that show well, did a lot of damage to the character. Yeah, I, I see that show as a, as a parody of, of Batman. It wasn't supposed to be, but it definitely was. I know it wasn't supposed to be. That's how I'm interpreting it. Fair. That's, a, that's just my opinion. Um, quick update on the election. So we have no... Yeah, we're here for that. <laughs> we keep going on, on these comic book rants. Well, I mean, the- honestly, this is this election takes forever. Very true. But I'm looking at North Carolina and it's showing, um, at least for Bloomberg, 100 to 110% of the estimated total votes are in. And Trump um, has a lead 50.1% to 48.7%. Um, Florida is at 98% to 109%. Again, they're still sitting at 51.3% and 47.8%. Um, 
Texas has gone up to 86 to 95 percent of the votes in, with Trump ahead 51.6 to 47 percent. And then Georgia is still sitting at 69.7, so not much of an update. Ohio, um, 87 to 97 percent, with Trump leading 53.3 percent to 45.2 percent. Uh, so that's, that's looking pretty good. Uh, Michigan is still pretty low, 46 to 51 percent, so not too important. Uh, but we're still looking at an 11% gap there. Yeah, nothing nothing else really to report. Minnesota, you're seeing um, Biden at 50, 55.6 to 42.4 for um, Donald Trump with 50 to 55 to 62% of the vote in. So um, we'll see how this goes. Um, Biden has slowly been dropping um, the lead of plus 13%. So we'll, we'll see what happens as it passes 75, 80, 85%. But essentially, um, Hennepin County is in at 96 to 106%. So most of the most of that county, that's where uh, Minneapolis is. So we should start seeing the shift towards uh, um, shift to the red. Um, any updates you want to give, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, as as I've been doing all night, I've been kind of bouncing around between a lot of different news sources because they all, I think, very politically call different uh, races for the you know based on um, what they want to do because half the time they end up having to backtrack it as they did in 2016. Um, mm -hmm. But according to Fox News, um, they've given Arizona to Biden, which you know we talked about that before. I don't I don't see that out of the realm of possibility. That one doesn't surprise me. Uh, they have uh, McSally losing in Arizona um, and that seat going from red to blue. And then they have um, Doug Jones of Alabama losing to Tommy Tuberville. So that seat going from blue to red. Um, in, and according to them, they believe it's going to be the only Republican pickup of a Senate seat. I don't believe so because I do believe John James would win in Michigan. Um, but uh, those are probably the only two big updates I've seen um, coming out of the race so far. Yeah, I'm just kind of glancing around. I don't see really anything else of interest. Um, yeah, like I said, John James is still leading by a decent margin over Gary Peters, but we're, we're still only at about 50% reported for Michigan. So we have uh, 2.5 million in out of the five to five and a half million estimated total voters for Michigan. So we'll see how, how this continues to pan out. But as of right now, Democrats have 44 seats and Republicans have 45 seats. Yeah, I think I think that we'll protect the Senate. Um, and as as Phil mentioned in the chat, uh, Tillis is in the lead in North Carolina. So the Senate does feel safe. I think we'll retain the Senate. We're not going to get the House back, um, or at least I don't expect that we will um, as much as I wanted to. But we'll get I think we'll keep the power in the Senate. And if we can keep the White House in the Senate, that's all we really need. We'll be battling constant re, uh, attempts to impeach Trump for some ludicrous thing or another, but um, at least we'll have the power where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how this, how this continues to play out. Pretty interesting. All right, so. Let's see. Yeah, they still haven't even called Georgia. They still haven't. 
there's a lot of things that that Fox doesn't want to call. It's it's quite funny. Ohio's looking better and better for Trump. Yeah, Pennsylvania's I, looking good. Mm -hmm. I am seeing that uh, um, Tlaib is is uh, up by a pretty significant margin in Michigan. Um, that that's rather sickening. Yeah, sixty-seven point seven percent versus twenty-seven point eight percent, but they only have about a third of the votes in. We'll we'll see how that plays out. How's Omar doing in uh, in Minneapolis? Do we know? Man, I'd love to see her get booted out. So she's currently sitting. She's she's won it. Sixty-four percent of the vote and one hundred percent of the votes are in. Yeah, so 64.6% did 25.9%. And unfortunately, my home district here in Texas does not look like it's flipped back to red. It's still going to be blue with Colin Allred retaining his seat, which makes me want to gag. <laughs> and we see um, AOC also um, blowing out 68.7%. John Cummings, so nothing... Nothing really new here. Yeah, I mean, AOC, Omar, they're both in, in districts where a duck could win if they were Democrats. So I didn't expect them to lose, but it'd be nice if they would. Oh, this, this is kind of random, but uh, in New Jersey, District 4, there's a Christopher Smith running as Republican and winning at 56.9%. At So I just thought I'd throw that, throw that out there. All right. So we need another topic to keep us going because this is, uh, as expected, this night gets dull quickly as you as we wait for things to come in. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, what, was it, what were we talking about? The Joker? We were, yeah. Um, Oh, did you, did you look into the, the fact that a lot of the um, characters are, that are switching from white to black are redheads? Uh, I started to look into it, but I honestly didn't get much research into it. But Mike, why don't you share that with our, our <laughs> listeners? Um, so this is completely random, but uh, so in general, I, I just despise when they do like the, the gender swaps or the race swaps with characters. I find it extremely lazy. If you want someone in there that's that's black or a woman or trans or whatever, just make new characters. I feel like switching, doing a simple swap like that is something I can do as an engineer. So I feel like a, a writer should, should do something way far better than that. But I saw this um, this infographic and it had, um, I want to say nine characters and they were all redheads and they were switched to, um, to black people. I, I just thought it was kind of interesting that a lot of the uh, lot of redheads in comedy were being targeted. So nothing. Well, what's and what's funny is if you do a quick Google search, you can find I mean, like just a few to to name off. Jimmy Olsen uh, was played by a black man in the Supergirl TV show. Obviously, famously a ginger. Um, you got Wally West, famously a ginger, played by a black man in the Flash TV show. Mary Jane famously a redheaded uh, girl 
played by uh, Zendaya in um, the new Spider-Man movies. And, and so, yeah, there's there are quite a few of them. Iris West is a redhead in the comics. Wally um, West, obviously. Yeah, Wally West, I already named. Iris West is a, is one. Um, I I didn't you, realize you name, that um, they targeted gingers. I didn't name Electro, but that's that's another one. Yeah, and this is, isn't comic book related, but uh, also Annie. Yeah, I mean, well, we knew that we knew that gingers were under attack ever since South Park, and I guess it's now become mainstream to swap them to somebody else more desirable. Which I mean, yeah. I guess if you're going to change, if you're going to race swap anybody, gingers are the best target to make. Right. No one apparently gingers cares. Have no souls. Yep. So I was Eric Cartman told me, and, and he doesn't lie. So <laughs> that's the spirit. You should all, all trust what Eric Cartman has to say. Better red than dead. <laughs> all right. This election night is going to be a long one. Very, very much so. I still don't understand why they aren't calling Florida. Because it's it's all hesitation. There's no reason not to call Florida at this point. But once you start to once you start to call those states, you get closer and closer to having to I, I actually look at the fact that Donald Trump could win this election, which they're not going to want to do because the the media made it very clear that under no certain uncertain terms would they call the election tonight if Donald Trump's in in the lead. And I think they're going out of their way to try and make that the case. Yeah. It's it's very unfortunate though. It really is. But here we are. But yeah, so I'm just kind of looking around and I'm seeing that the, um, the libertarian vote seems, seems uh, lower than, than what it was in 2016. I don't see anything above um, two and a half percent. And in some cases in 2016, I think it's been like four or five percent. So, yeah, well, I mean, I think that I think you saw a lot of the people that that voted that way last year have been pushed towards, you know, like you said, the never Trumpers have been pushed towards just saying, hey, I'd rather have Trump than the lunacy of what's being allowed by the left right now and your wife say you're you're rude and that your kid is a ginger i know i saw that my kid is not a ginger his hair has it looks like it might be slightly red right now but it's more like copperish and he's like two months old and he will probably end up with brown hair which is more what he had at birth he's not a ginger my child is not a ginger Yeah, something I have to worry about there. I mean, you could. You don't know. Maybe it's recessive. Maybe you'll have an albino kid because well, albinos are basically gingers. That's uh, I guess technically that's that's possible, but I highly highly doubt it. It's it's just as possible as a uh, Trump winning California. Put at those odds. If he wins now because of that and you have a ginger kid, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is pretty annoying that they're sitting at 209 and 118. Well, yeah. And they're not, they're not going to call things for quite some time. I mean, like 
Fox finally called Florida, but they were, they're not calling Georgia yet, which could easily be called. Um, they won't call Texas, which could be called. Uh, they won't call Ohio, which could easily be called. Yeah. I'm, uh, unfortunately, I'm not seeing a lot of uh, votes for Kanye West. Very disappointing. Oh, now, and, and now uh, Fox has got Biden at 223. Like, let's see, where did, where did my map have Biden ending up? I don't recall off the top of my head. 23. Because I think we're getting very close to the, the, you know, right around the most I thought he'd get it would be somewhere around the 231 mark. I have him at, yeah, I have him at 220. <laughs> so as of right now, um, I'm wrong on Arizona. On Arizona and wrong on Minnesota. Still so looks like. But you can still win without both of those. Yeah. What are you, where are you sitting at? Um, let me pull up my map, my more aggressive bet. Yeah. Um, as oh, it's yeah, let's call it a New Hampshire, just a random one. Uh, I'd be wrong on Rhode Island. Um, Arizona and Minnesota. Ah, all right. We need another topic so we can keep this going. What else do you want to talk about? What's on your mind? Uh, let's get back to talking about how Disney's killing. Yeah, we never actually got comics. We didn't. We didn't really get into that. We kind of switched over to my thoughts on Batman. So yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, so I guess I'll pick up where you let where you kind of left off when we were talking about this. When the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies first started dropping, before they were Disney, for one thing, and when they first started dropping, they were phenomenal. It was the, probably the best, you know, comic book movies that had been done. When the first Iron Man movie came out in 2008, um, it was it was new. It was fun. They were building towards the Avengers and you knew that right at the end of the first movie. That was something that was really cool. They were building for this like big universe. And then they kind of, they, they were really good for the first generation. I thought Iron Man one was good. I thought Thor one was good. Even the incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, which no one talks about because Edward Norton like pissed off uh, Marvel so bad, but that movie was actually pretty yeah. good. Do you know what he, what he did? Uh, apparently it was a big pain on the set. Like he basically um, wanted them to rewrite a bunch of scenes and, and things like that. But I thought the things he had rewritten made the movie better. Yeah. The writers may not have thought that, but what did the critics think? I honestly don't remember. I, I liked the Edward Norton movie and I actually thought Edward Norton was a much better, um, I thought he was a much better Hulk than Mark Ruffalo. I, I first of all, I find I Mark Ruffalo incredibly annoying as a human being. Um, 
but I I thought Edward Norton was he's a better actor than Mark Ruffalo and was more interesting in the character. But that movie was good. Um, Captain America, the first Captain America was really good. But then the movies just like they started to get progressively worse. And it really came right around the time Disney came on. And you alluded to this early. Um, really started around the first Avengers when Joss Whedon came in and he did to the Avengers what he ultimately did to the Justice League, which is why we're finally getting the Snyder Cut. And it worked in Justice League at first because, you know, it worked in Avengers at first because it was, that was the tone of the movie, but it, be, it was almost more comedic than it was action. And it was, but he balanced the characters well enough. And it was the first time anybody had done kind of that ensemble superhero movie. So it was okay. But the tone that got set in Avengers became the formula that Disney prescribed to every Marvel movie moving forward. And everything became, you had to be really heavy on the jokes. You had to appeal to everyone. Um, it wasn't about comic book fans. It was about bring. and look, I get it financially. You want to bring in the biggest audience you can. But what I think that Disney has done is they've completely forgotten about caring about anything about the actual comic books. And they just make comedy movies with characters that are from comic books and the movies have mass appeal, but have no actual meat to them. They're kind of boring. I mean, Thor, Thor Ragnarok to me is the perfect example of a terrible Disney Marvel movie. That movie could have been great. And there are scenes in it when it's awesome. Thor fighting the Hulk could have been amazing. Um, you know, Thor at the very end when he's starting to really use his powers as the God of thunder and, and without Mjolnir could have been amazing, but that whole movie, I was just waiting for the punchline. Yeah. Every, every scene serious or not, you, you had to kind of pause and wait and like, are they going to drop a punchline? Because more often than not, they did. And that's, and then they came and they did uh, infinity war, which was actually really good. It kind of got me back into the Marvel universe, but they followed it up with Endgame which was again, kind of, for one thing was just a throwaway movie. Like as soon as you introduced time travel as your way to solve it, now there are no stakes to anything because you can always solve the problem. You just go back in time. It's, it's boring and it's kind of monotonous. And also right. everything was a well, joke. Well, even with that, it's like, we only have so many pin particles. So we only can do this jump once. So what do they do in the movie? Oh, they go back to where they can get more pin particles. It's, you, you have these stakes and then you just erase them whenever convenient. Well, and and let's talk for a second. I know this is kind of a derail, but let's talk for a second about the, <laughs> about the end game, the biggest plot hole in end game, which is that whole five-year time jump. And then we're going to bring everyone back in, back to the current day instead of going backwards in time, all because of Tony Stark and his infinite selfishness didn't want to lose his daughter, which look, I understand the, the concept they were going for is like he had found life after the Avengers and he was finally at peace and he wanted to keep his daughter alive. Why not just bring her to the past with you rather than bring a bunch of people back to five years in the future when the world has been destroyed? Because you not only just completely screwed with their heads, like there are people who for five years have been living without their loved ones, have moved on. Whole countries have fallen into disarray. <laughs> and and like you, you now have two presidents. Like the, the yeah. previous president, when he comes back, is going to want to still be – like you have government officials. You have all kinds of things. You have people that like 
you know, families that had moved on and remarried children that had grown up without their parents. And now their parents are back. It made no freaking sense. Like you, like you have parents who had to like get used to missing their, their children. And all of a sudden they just pop back on top of that. Like if you think about it, after five years, the the country or the countries in in the world are going to adjust to the correct amount of food supply. So all of a sudden you just double the population you're more likely to get starvation. And <laughs> you're just, you may just lose that half of the population again. And there's so many different consequences, especially because this wasn't just on Earth. This is like universal. The entire universe. Yeah, it was it the only logical way to have undone what Thanos did was to actually undo the snap. Not to just be like, oh, we're gonna bring those people back. That was a stupid solution that saved no one. And, solution. and on top of that, why did they just like go back a few days? Because I already know what Thanos is. Clearly, he's been on that planet farming and trying to have a, a nice, peaceful life. So you just go back. Like you, you figure out where he was because of the his snap to destroy the zones. It's like, all right, let's go back three days before that and try our, our exact same plan where we just rush him. Well, again, it was, it, the reason they didn't is because Tony Tony Stark wouldn't let them use his fancy schmancy time machine if they were going to go back and undo the past because he didn't want to lose his daughter, which again is well, meant it, to be something is meant to be character growth for him but comes off as the ultimate selfishness. Yeah, they dies anyway. Well, he dies but his daughter doesn't, which is the I mean I, I think is supposed to be the it's it's his it's his final sacrifice for the first person he's really loved or some garbage, but it was it was really dumb and it did not work. And then Marvel followed that up with, um, with far Sorry. from home. And they well, said they, they were going care. to, and they even said the, 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 what's his name? The Russo brother said, we're going to address that big gap in far from home because people were complaining about it after Endgame. <laughs> and the way they addressed it is they had like a two second co- uh, like joke in far from home about like, Peter Parker's now in high school with somebody that was five years younger than him before and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that wasn't, you didn't address anything. It was ridiculous. It was a stupid solution to a problem. Yeah. Like someone's like younger brother is not like now insane. Great as that. I think the people in our chat unanimously agree that Thanos was actually the hero because he was right. And they should have just left the people dead. I honestly can't say that I disagree with it because based on what the Avengers did, Thanos is far better and more merciful. Like, oh, although I, I do think it's funny that the, that everybody thinks that being environmentalism, you know, being an environmentalist is great, except every major movie makes environmentalist wackos. The, the villains nowadays, Thanos was essentially just a hardcore environmentalist. Killing mother earth. Okay. What should we do? We should just kill off half the population. That'll fix things. Well, yeah, I mean, Kingsman, uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character is an environmentalist. He wants to wipe human beings out. I mean, like, it's a pretty common theme. So, yeah, environmentalists are are so well-loved that we make them villains in all of our movies. I think mm-hmm. that actual environmentalists should take a look at that. But I can't disagree with the people in the chat. Thanos was more right than the Avengers because you just brought those, like I said, you brought people back, especially, like, if if you are a parent and your kid just got had to live five years without you, like how do you go back to that? Like, or if you're a husband or you're or a wife and you've moved on, because after five years yeah. you would move on with your life, you would do things. Yeah. Like it's not it's not like it was a week. If it was a week, okay, but it was the it was 
five stinking years. That's a long time. Extremely long time. I, I just, I, I thought it was stupid to say the least. Yeah, it, that's the other thing. Like, that's a decision that I don't understand why, as as writers, why they needed to make that decision either. If if your whole thing was you were going to bring people back into a future that had been affected by Thanos, then why did you set the timeline so far in advance? You didn't have to make it five years ahead. You you really didn't. You could you could just done a few months or something like that, or do do a, a year and have Pepper Potts uh, be pregnant. Yeah, you, there are a lot of things you could have done that would have made more sense that would have worked, but wouldn't have been what they did. And instead, they, I think, permanently ruined the Marvel Cinematic Universe by doing that. Oh, definitely. Not to mention, they, they took their two most important, their two most interesting characters were Iron Man and Thor. I think everyone would widely agree that the, the best actors and the most fun movies were Iron Man and Thor. Some people might say Captain America, but Captain America was always going to move on from being Steve Rogers because that's kind of like the character arc for Steve Rogers. But you made Thor fat Thor who doesn't want to be king of the of, of Asgard anymore, which I don't know why they did that because he's now the all father. And they didn't, they didn't address that, by the way, the fact that he should have had all of the Odin site and all of Odin's powers and therefore should have been able to whoop Thanos without even a thought. Thanos was, I mean, Thanos, the thing that people forget, Thanos is not a God. Thanos is, is essentially Marvel's version of Darkseid. In fact, he is a direct ripoff of Darkseid. Darkseid is a God in the DC universe. Thanos is not. Yeah. Thanos is just a, a, a mutated person from Titan, basically. Um, and Thor is an actual god. So Thor should have been, especially when he became Odin, when he became the Allfather, when Odin died, he should have been able to wipe the floor with, Thor, with Thanos. So he should have never lost an Infinity War to begin with. And then in Endgame, they just crapped all over his character and kind of they made him into a joke again because, yeah, Chris Hemsworth is really good at comedy. He's funny. And everybody that's found that movie. out. And so that's all they make him do now. What was that? It was because of the, um, the all-female cast Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, he was the only character in it that didn't suck. Yeah, I was really disappointed about that Ghostbusters movie because I, I like those characters in, in Bridesmaid, but like they should have done a different movie because Ghostbusters has a different style of comedy that doesn't fit the Saturday Night Live um, actresses, which is I think all of them were at the time. Uh, I think I mean I agree with that, but I think it's deep. I think it's deeper than that. You can't make a new movie where the only difference is that you're essentially just making the cast female. You can't like if you're going to make remake a movie, basically, then have a plot that's like the movie wasn't funny. Most of the jokes centered around we're females, not not the guys from the old movies, and it was just throwaway jokes. Like that doesn't work. People don't want to watch that. It's not funny. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, and one of the issues is that in the original Ghostbusters, the the secretary, which was a, a woman, was actually a strong woman and competent and was useful. Whereas the male assistant in the new Ghostbusters movie was just a, a dumb idiot. So, like, you you didn't you didn't do anything. You didn't help feminism or whatever you were trying to do. 
and some of them were mad that they weren't in a new Ghostbusters movie, like because the one you did sucked. No one yeah, because see. nobody watched it, and if you put them in the new one, nobody will watch that. Exactly. Like in general, Hollywood just needs to stop remaking old movies anyway, because all they do is ruin them. They'll take a classic yeah. movie and ruin it. So I, I am excited for this new one that's coming out, but it's not a it's not a remake. It's a it's a sequel. A sequel. I've got no problem with sequels of old movies, but don't remake an old movie and just tell in and tell me that I should want to watch that. Well, the, the biggest issue with it was that they were trying to be a sequel and a remake at the same time. That's what that's what annoyed me. Yeah, like, it, you, can't, you can't have iconic ghosts in the that were in the first ones, bring them to the new one. So kind of making it a sequel, and then you have the old characters in there. But I don't know. That really irritated me. I was I was very confused with that movie. Yeah, you can't have it be a reboot and a sequel. And yeah, I mean, so anyway, back to the Marvel movies. That that movie is what made everybody decide, oh, Chris Hemsworth's really funny. Let's have him do comedy, which I've got no problem with having him be a funny character. Thor can be funny. But when you made him not, like in Infinity War, at least he was still action and comedy like he was funny when he met up with the guardians of the galaxy and he was talking to Groot and blah 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 that was funny but he also went and like single-handedly like took the blast of a star you know like all right cool he's a cool character and then in endgame like oh thor got fat and he's and he's lame now and he wears sweatpants and he looks like the dude it's it was funny for like three minutes and then they continued on and i expected that at some point like he was at, at the very least when he got mjolnir back and or when he got you know um storm crusher or whatever the thing's called i think it's storm crusher right i can't remember anymore um, his axe storm. either way whenever he get whenever he got all that you know i expected at some point when they had his when what was it Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. There we go. Okay. So, you know, I expected when they when they had him fix his hair and his beard and all that, that he would out, yeah, also he get fit again, but he was still fat. And it was like, I don't know. It was just dumb. I, I just thought it was, thought I, it, was it wasn't that funny. It was, it was a joke that they carried on too long. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a dumb thing to do. All right, let's do an election update. All right, so heading into where was I? So Texas is have they have eighty eight to ninety eight percent of the votes in, with Donald Trump leading fifty two percent to forty six point six percent. Florida hasn't changed. Georgia seventy six to eighty four percent. And with Donald Trump leading 53.3 to 45.5, Michigan is up to 50 to 55%. And, and Trump's still holding an 11% lead over Biden, 54 to 54.4 versus 43.4. Something else interesting. Wisconsin, Trump's still up 51.8% to 46.7. And is in Minnesota, um, they're now at 10%, 54.5 versus 43.6, 11% difference. So I think the gap has slowly been, been shrinking. 
Yeah, it's been slowly coming down, but not as much as I as I thought it would. So we'll we'll see what these last um, 30% or so does, but it, it, it may be that um, Trump loses by more than he did in, in Minnesota. But again, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. If he loses, if, if he loses by more and still loses the state, it doesn't really make much of a difference. Um, Fox News, to give an update on different races that are being called in different places, Fox mm-hmm. has now called a few more races. They've called Texas and Ohio for Trump. Um, so they're sitting at 223 for Biden, 204 Trump. Um, Newsmax is sitting at 210 Biden, 166 Trump. Um, Apple is sitting at 209 Biden, 118 Trump. Um, so you can see a hesitant, a hesitancy amongst uh, many to call some of these other races. Uh, I saw in the chat, um, Phil mentioned, yeah, Air, uh, that Arizona was called for Kelly. I did see that as well. Um, so it looks like uh, um, McSally is out. Um, so we'll lose that seat. But again, if we can pick up Michigan, maybe that would offset. Right. Um, What's interesting is um, for the Washington Post, so they have they have the Biden 192 and Trump uh, 114, but they're showing the, um, the they're actually showing where the, where Trump or Biden is leading, and they're showing that Trump has already passed the 230 mark. So if he can maintain these leads that he has, he won't need um, Minnesota. He won't need won't need Arizona. Um, not to worry about. Uh, Nevada, that's not being called for him, or Montana. So, yeah, it's, it's currently looking like Trump has um, won again. But we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, if I go and look, I'm going to go run the map. Um, based on what I'm seeing on Apple, I'm going to do the map real quick. Uh, the things they're saying that Trump is leading, the ones that probably ought to be called that aren't being, and see how many, um, how many of that gets us. So, go ahead and talk about something interesting, Mike, while I do this. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I mean, just talk about something completely and utterly random while you do basic math. Aren't you an engineer? Shouldn't I, shouldn't I take you uh, like two seconds to do? Wait, uh, still, still add that up, you mathematician. The map on this screen doesn't show the electoral votes to all those states, and I don't have them memorized in my head how many how many votes are in each state. Bill, do, you, do the math thing you do. Bill, know you hear me. So this is an easier way to do it. I usually go to 27 to 1. What? So, all right. So Trump's at 114. Um, I think he should have been called with Florida, which is at 29. Mm-hmm. Um, Texas is at 38. Georgia, uh, I think that's going to him too. That's 16. Um, if if Trump wins, the states that are that are called for him or that he is leading right now, according to just according to, to Bloomberg, he'd be at 271. Mm-hmm. Because that would include a win in Wisconsin, a win in Iowa, a win in Michigan, a win in Ohio. I didn't even count 
Pennsylvania, even though he's leading oh, there. Okay. So I left, I left Pennsylvania even out to see if he could win without Pennsylvania. He'd still be at 271 minus Pennsylvania. Um, but you'd add in North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, and Texas that haven't been called in Montana. And then the states that have already been called on Bloomberg for him. And he'd be at 271. So if Trump's leads in those states alone, not even looking at Pennsylvania and still losing in Arizona and some of those, you'd still be sitting at, 20, at 271, which would get him the White House. Yep. And we'll also get people complaining that he didn't win the popular vote. Yeah, and I don't care about the popular vote, never have, never will, because I understand the Constitution. Yeah, this is actually going faster than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. I think a big part of it is, and, and Trump or Phil alluded to this in our chat, and we talked about it at some point in the last two and a half hours that we've been broadcasting, but a big piece of it is is Trump carrying Michigan. If Trump really does carry Michigan as he is currently leading, that allows, allows us to see the path to the White House very clear. And it makes Arizona a non-issue. And then if he carries Pennsylvania as well, which he is currently leading in as well, it puts, a, it puts him into the 290 range. It, it eliminates, again, I just counted it without Pennsylvania and you're at 271. With Pennsylvania, you're at 291. But even if Pennsylvania is lagging for the next few days, it doesn't matter. If Trump's won the White House without it, it doesn't matter what the votes do there. And if people are objecting to things for the next month, it doesn't make a difference. And that's why I counted without it. Because Florida isn't going to change. You're not going to have a 2000 where, you know, there's that race was so, was, was so far for Trump that there's no way it's going to change. I, I think we're starting to see a, a really clear path to the um, to the White House for for Donald Trump, which is good news for all of us. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, and the other state that I didn't give Trump that we can almost guarantee to mark in is Alaska, um, just because it's not projected at all because they're you know their time zone so far back. But uh, Alaska is almost guaranteed to go red as well, which puts you to two seventy four without Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. um, and and it looks like in the chat phil mentioned they're already getting ready to ride at the white house phil as our as our white house correspondent for a moment who's not on the chat is that are they actually is that a literal thing they're really like the riots are ramping up there or are you just making a, a glib comment what column a little column b i'm sure there's some glibness in it i'm just curious if they're if they're because if they're already ramping up to riot it means they've already accepted defeat in my mind because there's oh, yeah. going to be no riots in, in at the White House if Biden wins. There's going to be parades and fairy dust and, you know, everything is peachy and there's roses and, and the world is good again. And people with vagina hats finally have their rights back, you know, the rights that they never lost. Um, but if, if oh, they yeah, think that Trump's winning. We can talk about ACB. We haven't, we haven't talked about her in a while. We have not. Justice, Amy Coney Barrett. Justice. Excuse me. Justice, ACB. Uh, uh, Phil confirmed he was just being glib, which is disappointing. I was hoping to see that there that you'd seen on the news somewhere that they were already starting to riot because that would have been a really good sign and frankly would have been very funny to me. So one of the, the cool features on Snapchat 
but they do like these um, maps. Like you can like if you and you can see hot spots. So let me um, let me go check out DC. What's going on right there? I hate that every every four years I stay up and watch these stupid things until because no matter how badly I wish I could go to bed right now, I know that I won't. So even if we stopped recording, I know that I would just go sit in my room and watch this. I really hate that, but yeah. I know that I can't go to bed not knowing. Right. So as of right now, I'm not seeing anything crazy on Snapchat. So they're, they're, they're doing good right now. Yeah. For Well, for now, they might still have hope. But if I recall 2016, I feel like I was up until almost 2 a.m. And about that time was when they started, sh the news started showing people at Hillary's uh, campaign, you know, um, party for the night, literally in tears, waiting for her concession speech, which was one of the most glorious moments of my entire adult life. Um, but if I recall, that took until close to 2 a.m., maybe even later. Um, right. So I think, you know, we're, we're a few hours from that yet. And uh, it's possible that by that time, you know, 2 a.m. Eastern, we may have a pretty good picture that you and I can go to bed peacefully knowing that the country isn't completely gone to crap yet. Yeah, um... Not seeing anything crazy right now. Well, actually, there's a there's a video in, on Snapchat, and they're starting to hear like show like police sirens in LA. Uh, and Black Bloc and Tifa militants at the White House have already begun harassing and assaulting the press. There you go. I really hope that once Trump wins, he actually goes and takes action against freaking Antifa. Yeah, we need to. They need to. Um, he talked about calling, making them or declaring them a terrorist organization, but I have not seen that he's ever actually done anything about that. Once he wins the election, he needs to go and actually do that and start shutting those people down. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, currently, as of right now, I'm not seeing anything to. Uh, Crazy. How's Chicago doing? Yeah, nothing, nothing too wild right now. Wigan, oh, looks like Chicago has raised the bridges. Oh, they're gonna turn themselves into a Gotham City no man's land. <laughs> Which is a great comic, by the way. It is. And Gotham City is based on Chicago, so it's fitting. Mm -hmm. Most people think it's New York, but not so. It is not. The more you know. If you wanted to know random facts about comic books, you've come to the right podcast about politics. <laughs> That's how we get down. Um, let's see, anything else pop up lately? Yeah, I think we're, we're kind of in that in that zone where things are pretty pretty chill right now. Um, I am looking. So, I was looking at Michigan. So, from about twenty five 
percent of the votes in to fifty percent, it's been a pretty small increase or decrease in Trump's lead. Uh, maybe two percent shift, three percent, and that's with most of Oakland County in. So that's that's the suburbs of Detroit. Yeah, um, that's at sixty-five to seventy-two percent. Um, we have Washtenaw County at 64 to 71%, uh, which is where uh, Ann Arbor is. And we have Ingham County. Oh, that's not, that hasn't been reported at all yet. It doesn't matter. But Wayne County has been sitting pretty steadily at 33%, which is pretty interesting. But Donald Trump is still showing 42.6% um, right now. So if there's a huge shift. Um, Trump has done significantly better in Wayne County, which I, I think is like 86% black. This Wayne County is essentially Detroit. There's a lot of people who won't be black tomorrow then. Yep. We're going to be letting down Maxine Waters. You're not allowed to be black if you don't vote for Biden. Yeah. Sorry, 78-year-old white man, I let you down. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm looking at Michigan as well because you pointed it out. I mean, 53% reporting. He's still, you're right. I, we've seen a little bit of a of a contraction in his lead, but he's still got a 10.6% lead in Michigan. And that's that's a pretty healthy lead as, as you start to see um, this, most of the, the Democrat areas of the state start to report. Right. Oh, Kent County, your, your old county, Jeff, is uh, when Trump... That's not surprising. It's pretty pretty conservative out in West Michigan. It's oh, yeah. one of the only reasons I can tolerate it out there. 54.2%. And Phil, I also percent. cannot wait to see Biden concede his Senate race. It will be pretty great. <laughs> who, was his, who was his um, opponent in like 1978? Does anyone know? Because that's probably who he's going to say ran a great race against him and concede to. He he doesn't know what he's doing, where he's at, or who he's running against. So I wouldn't be surprised if he even not only gets the race wrong, but his opponent wrong. Mm -hmm. Or he might just say George again. George ran a really good race. And, Was you know, it Bush? Was it Bush? Uh, junior, senior, or Washington? Which one do you think he was talking about? Well, according to according to what his campaign said, it was George Lopez because he was talking to George Lopez. So he must have been saying four more years of George Lopez because that makes logical sense. It's not that he's proven to the American people time and time again that he is completely senile. Hey, if, if we can get years of the Lopez show, I'm, I have no problem with that. The show was fantastic. I don't watch it. I have no idea. So I do have a question actually for you and for anyone listening to respond in the chat, maybe as a quick poll. Is it senility? Like, does he have dementia or does he have late stage syphilis? Syphilis also erodes your brain. And we know that he has credibly been accused of rape and many other sexual type assaults. So it's not, un, it's not inconceivable that he could have an STD. So where I've been assuming it's dementia because he's an old man, could it actually be that he has syphilis? that's gone untreated for many years and has now made him into a, a loony bin. I, I feel like they would have caught it when he was VP. I mean, he's had, he's had the, the great government health care. They would have caught that. That's true. I mean, with Obamacare, how could you miss it? 
and and we're getting i'm getting we're getting votes in the chat that it's dementia for the record i also think it is dementia i do not think he actually has syphilis i assume that would have come out in some type of health screening for this for a man who was in government for the last 47 years of his life but i think it's an interesting thing to throw out there and start a rumor about you're ready here folks I do love that we have a presidential candidate in the Democrat Party who is credibly accused of rape, and then all of his his own his own running mate who said believe all women has not said a word about it. And also call him racist. Yeah, because she didn't because he didn't want little black girls like her to go to school. Yep. He did, however, say it would be a jungle. A racial black a racial jungle if black and white kids went to school together. But yeah, no, he's not racist at all. Mm-hmm. Assumes that all black people think exactly the same. Um, like the uh, Latino community. Yeah, the Latino, Latino community has multiple opinions, but the black community, they're just they just have hive mind. With a few exceptions. He did, he did say that. There's dozens of us. Which, which basically means with the Uncle Toms, he just didn't say it. With the yeah, exception much. of the Uncle Toms, the black people all think the same way. That's basically what <laughs> Joe Biden said. Pretty much. Oh, the uh Minnesota has gone down to 9.5% lead. Or did I report that before? Uh, I, I don't think you did. I don't, I, I don't, I, I think we were both too optimistic and hoping that he could carry Minnesota. And we both admitted it very early on that that was kind of our, Hey, you got to take a shot. If you're going to, if you're going to be right when everyone else is wrong, you've got to be willing to take risks. And we both took that risk on our map. Uh, I think we both knew that Minnesota was a long shot. It's the one state that didn't, again, to remind anyone who didn't know this, Ronald Reagan won 49 states in 1984. The one holdout in the entire country was Minnesota. So if if Ronald Reagan couldn't win it when everyone loved him, I didn't think Donald Trump was going to win, but I, if, if there was ever a time, it would be now when their cities have been burned for nine months or six months consecutively. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're going to take Minnesota. In fact, Minnesota is the one battleground state that is now being called for, or has been called um, yes, in, uh, according to Apple and, and Bloomberg. It's the only battle, technical battleground state that's been called, largely because of the, of the what, two, four, six, eight, ten battleground states, there are only two that Biden leads in. So obviously they're not going to call many of the others because another one is Florida, which should have been called hours ago or Texas, which could easily be called, or Ohio, which 94% reporting, and there's a nine-point Trump lead. Pretty sure you could call Ohio at this point. So that would that would be, how many uh, electoral votes was that? Uh, Ohio is, is worth 18 votes. Yeah, 18. So let's, let's look at this. Oh, this is weird. So on Washington Post, they gave Trump Ohio. That's a, that's all I read. So Trump is who, Trump who, get, who gave him that? The Washington Post. Okay. So we, have, we have Biden at two hundred five and Trump at one thirty nine. The Washington yeah. Post and and Fox so, News also gave Biden or gave Trump Ohio. Um, yeah. So like I mean, and they've also called Texas finally, which again, first of all, anybody who thought Texas was in play was a moron. I just want to get that out on the record now. I, I've been hearing that for the last like month and a half that Texas was in play and it's not in play. Look, I live in probably one of the top two most liberal parts of Texas, unfortunately. And even here, 
it's you're you're maybe 52 percent liberal to 48 percent republican and as soon as you get 30 minutes outside of dallas it flips drastically and it's like 90 percent um there was never a time where trump was going to lose texas so i think yeah i mean ohio's been called for oh um We've now got a shift in Fox. Who did they just call? Because they just gave him six electoral votes. Um, they've got it 210, 227 Biden. Um, and what six votes did they just flip? Must have been Kansas that they called. Oh, no, I think they called Utah. Oh, uh, okay. Which, I mean, you pretty much could have called Utah before the, you yeah. could probably call Utah before the election started. The only two things that are definitive in Utah is that they're going to vote Republican and that they're going to vote Mitt Romney out in four years. <laughs> yeah, they hate that guy. I mean, I I hate that guy. So what's interesting, what I'm seeing right now is that Virginia is estimated to go to Biden. So let's, let's look into that because I'm conflating uh, the votes right now. I'm wondering why. Okay, so they have Fairfax County. Hasn't been county yet. They're only at 30%. The good thing is, though, I mean, I don't think either one of us had Virginia. I didn't, or at least I didn't. I didn't have Virginia on my map. I don't think he needs to win Virginia. He didn't win Virginia in 2016, and I don't think he's going to win Virginia this year. When you get to those states that are close to the Beltway, they're like Virginia, Maryland, they're, they're, fairly liberal so mm-hmm. even in my most optimistic views i didn't have him taking virginia i gotcha yeah looks like fairfax county is going to push it over yeah so i i think that one makes sense i'm trying to find any um I'll, um exit polls by race I'm wondering, wondering if um... early in the day, it looked like Trump was doing extremely well, at least in I can talk to Florida. I haven't seen um, nationwide, right. but early in the day, he was doing extremely well with Hispanic and uh, Hispanic voters, specifically Cubans. Um, he was doing very well with the black vote in, in Florida as well. Um, but I haven't seen anything in, in a number of hours. Yes, brilliant. Newsmax just pulled something that they had called for Trump back off they've got him back down 195 i don't know what they or wait for biden or for trump for trump he was sitting at 204 on newsmax and now he's at 195 so they pulled Mm -hmm. something down that they had originally called for him that's interesting yeah yeah the um I'm, i'm i'm still confused why but i can't see their map i just see their count Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know. Here it is. Um, okay. Yeah, but but Florida and Texas should definitely be called. I'm not understanding why those haven't been. And again, I was hoping that Minnesota had a, a shorter gap. I, I, I was really hoping Minnesota would come to their senses and, and actually, you know, actually... Um, flip this time because again while it would have been the first time in almost 50 years 
if there was ever a time to do it, it'd be the, it'd be the year after you had your cities burned for six months all summer long with no cops and people running rampant. Like if that doesn't convince you not to vote Democrat, I don't know what it takes. Well, yeah. Well, the issue clearly is nothing is that they, they, they're not even mostly Democrat. They're, they're like green party. They're, they're far, far left. And it's yeah. to be on the, on the West coast. If we're, if we're being honest. I mean, yeah, I would, they're, they're crazy liberal there. And I just, I don't understand if, if, if this summer didn't make you rethink that, then nothing ever will. Minnesota essentially is never going to be right again, unless it's just fenced off and left to fend for itself for a while. And Phil agreed on Virginia as a blue state. I know that there's a, a delay a little bit between what you're hearing and where we're at in times. Of, uh, I think YouTube's on a 30 second delay. So I don't remember what the comment is, but agreed there. Yeah, which is pretty annoying. The delay, it is kind of annoying. Especially because I don't understand why there needs to be a delay. It's not like that, you know, it should easily be real time, but it's on about a 30 second loop delay, I think. Oh, okay. I got you. Oh, yeah. So back to, uh, <laughs> guess to the anything. Back to what? Justice um, Amy Coney Barrett. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Go for it. Oh, thanks. Um, so I don't know if anyone was watching the actual like discussions between um, or watching the, the Senate try to gorilla. So it's pretty much like one day of, of attempting to grill her. And then after that, it was just a giant cakewalk because the Democrats had really nothing to, to throw at her. Um, so then obviously when they voted, um, all the Democrats voted, voted no. There was one Republican that voted no as well. I can't remember who it was, but obviously it doesn't matter because the justice is in. Um, the reason that what was funny is that the Democrats got rid of the, um, the requirement for for uh, 60, 60 votes needed a simple majority and they screwed them over. I feel like the Democrats seem to think that once they get in power, they're never going to leave, that they can do whatever they want. Like even the fact that they're talking about packing the court, like you do realize at some point the Republicans are going to get back in office, right? And they're just going to do the exact same thing. Well, not to mention... Uh, they 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 assume that they're going to get power this time, which I don't think they're going to get the Senate. And it looks like they're not going to get the White House. They fail to realize if we wanted to, we could now go pack the court. Mm -hmm. You you keep talking about it. You keep saying it needs to happen. Trump and McConnell, cocaine Mitch could go and throw, you know, 13, 10, 15, however many more justices on there that they want and completely flip the court. So if they want to, you know, you're right. They, they change the game. And then they get upset that we played the game. They changed because they would have been able to stop ACB very, very quickly and very easily if they hadn't tanked the filibuster under um, what's his name. Uh, as we get later in the night, my ability to think of things like that off the flyer is, is getting yeah. worse. Uh, Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer. So if it, if it hadn't been for Schumer and the Democrats, you know, they wouldn't have, they would have been able to stop 
they would have been able to stop the the ACB thing. They would have been able to to filibuster that. But instead, they shot themselves in the foot. And then they complain that we push something through. Well, you guys changed the game. And like you said, court packing, if they want everything and they pack the courts, then eventually we'll get power back and we could do it. But more importantly, if we want to, if we win now and you keep talking about it, we could go do it. So they really don't, they ha- they're the party of short-sightedness. And for the comment in the chat, by the way, it says we should be watching Newsmax. I have Newsmax and Fox and Apple up for me. Mike has Washington Post and Bloomberg and a few. So we have multiple uh, sources. Um, Newsmax keeps uh, flipping around on what they're calling. They've, they've pulled a couple things on, put some things uh, off. Um, they just actually went back to, they just added six more electoral votes to Trump um, and four to Biden. So it's 201 to 214. Um, by the way, Apple and Bloomberg have now called Ohio for Trump. So it's sitting 223 to 145. But all signs point to good things for Trump. Right. And that's what Bloomberg is showing for me as well. Yeah, I think Apple and Bloomberg are using the same decision desk because the numbers have been identical the whole night. Yeah, obviously. So yeah, Ohio was called for Trump with with him up 53.5% with an estimate 89 to 98% of the total votes in. That's an additional 18 um electric frame so now we have still texas and florida um, texas is still sitting at 90 to 99 percent of the total votes in florida is still sitting at 97 to 107 so really should be should have been called yeah I mean, there's there's frankly no excuse not to call texas from florida it's it's clear bias to not do it because the only reason not to is because you don't want to have to say the words that you know that once he gets those it's only a little bit left until he pulls it because if he's sitting at you know if he pulls those in suddenly his total starts to climb you know uh, precipitously and they don't want that texas is 38 votes makes a big deal and then you throw in the florida's 29 and suddenly he takes the lead over Biden and it starts to look bad for them and they don't want to do that, but it's been very clear. Oh, definitely. We're 99% sure he's also getting Georgia with 16 votes. And, and uh, Phil in the chat has mentioned, um, you mentioned that one, you know, one Republican Senator did vote no on, on ACB and it was Susan Collins, um, you know, and, and uh, Phil correctly pointed that out. Weirdly enough, she is winning now, which I, I genuinely thought she had no chance of, of getting re-election. But you know what? Um, as much as I don't like Susan Collins, helps us in terms of the balance of power in the Senate. So good for her. I hope she wins so that we can retain that seat and that will help us keep the, uh, the leader, the lead in the Senate, which is all I really care about because she's we never win that. Yep. So, and just for everyone's... Um, and, and by the way, for the record, Phil, I, just another comment, sorry. I was not suggesting that we should pack the court. I'm saying that the... Uh, and it was Harry Reid, not Chuck Schumer. Thank you, Phil. No. Um, I'm not suggesting that we should pack the court. In fact, I'd be perfectly fine with a constitutional amendment lock, you know, locking the court down at nine justices. My simple point was they are this party of short-sightedness that goes out in there and throws out all these huge plans to change the balance of power that if they lose, we have the equal ability to go do those things. The GOP won't do them, but it easily could. And I, but I agree with you. We should not be 
packing the court. I don't want to see us pack the court. And I, I don't really like that they nuked the filibuster back when they did, but because they did, we'll play by the rules they've set. Um, but anyway, sorry, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. So I was just going to say, if you add in Florida, Georgia, and Texas to Trump, he then shifts to 222 to Biden's 205. And obviously he's more likely to take Iowa, um, He's almost guaranteed to take Iowa. I don't see any potential that he doesn't take Iowa. Well, interesting because so so Bloomberg gives him Iowa. Well, they it, yeah. So Iowa. So Bloomberg is two twenty three one forty five. So he'll be sitting at two twenty eight with the other three states. Um, Wisconsin is looking good. So is um, Michigan. So is Michigan. Pennsylvania is actually looking pretty good. Now, we know that there's likely to be big issues in Pennsylvania because of the things they've been doing about how, lo how long they're going to take to count their mail-in ballots and blah, 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 blah. But um, that's why I really want to see the path to, to victory go come without Pennsylvania, which is why I've continued to do my mouth without Pennsylvania over the last hour or so, um, because that's a way that we could have this wrapped up tonight. And then it's just icing on the cake when he does eventually win it. Um, but we are looking good in Pennsylvania as well. I mean, right now with 64% of the precincts reporting, Trump has a 15 point lead. Right. And um, we know that rural Pennsylvania is going to be extremely upset with Biden saying he's going to shut down the oil industry. Yep. And then looking in, into Wayne County, we see, I think Trump slipped a little bit. He's at 40.8% now. You say what 43 before 44? It's still pretty impressive. Um, and we've got comments coming in in the chat that uh, that Arizona is being disputed. Um, the Trump campaign says there's a million votes still missing, um, and that Philadelphia has already stopped counting. So, you know, we're there. Some of those states that are trying very hard to go blue are, are already fighting, uh, you know, already doing things that is going to create problems, but again. There's math that gets us to the White House without Arizona, without without Pennsylvania, and that's honestly what I'm pulling for tonight. And if and and winning those just becomes icing on the cake. As long as we can get to that 270, the rest of it's immaterial, and that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, I really wish Michigan would, would speed up their count. Yeah, it was it's interesting that Trump starting to shrink his lead, but. Just the Wayne County County is, is so slow. But I was I was surprised that it started off pretty high uh, Republican from it has since you know it's kind of split, it's still pretty interesting. All right, so we've been going for about three hours strong, and we're not much closer to knowing anything than we were three hours ago. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it's just the, the count is coming in so slow for these battleground states. Which I'm very sure it wasn't intentional. Which, to be honest with you, I think has uh, is I, I genuinely think is uh, purposeful. So let's see, the Newsmax um, count right now sits at 210 Trump, 214 Biden. 
with the notable calls being um, Ohio and Texas recently. Florida has also been called by Newsmax. Fox News is sitting at 210 Trump. They've also called Texas, Florida, and Ohio for Trump and 227 Biden. Um, we've got Bloomberg or, or Apple, basically the same, sitting at 223 Biden, 145 Trump. Um, they've called Ohio, but they have not called Florida or Texas. Yeah, I just want to point out for the House, we have three, house, three seats that flipped Republican and two that flipped Democrat. There is a slight shift. But so based on that right now, I mean, that would that would leave the, the balance of power for um, the Democrats if we've only flipped three seats and they flipped two of ours, um, obviously, since we're already behind in the House. Um, the Senate... Uh, according to new, uh, according to Fox is sitting at about is sitting at 46 Republicans, 45 Democrats right now with a few more elections still to call. Newsmax is sitting at, in the Senate, um, 44 and 44 even. And yeah. in the House, they're sitting at 151 Republican, 147 Democrat. So still a lot up in the air um, in both of those race in, you know, both the Congress, um, both the congressional races. Yeah, but yeah, Bloomberg's heard 45, 45. Yeah, it looks like we're going to keep the majority. Yeah, it looks it looks like the Senate's uh, likely pretty secure. Um, the the House, um, I know Fox News called hours ago, called it for the Democrats already. Um, but, you know, mathematically, it looks like the House is, you know, still going to be come down, come down to a few seats. Um, but it doesn't look like we're winning in the seats that we need to, to try probably to likely flip the house. Um, but it looks like we'll retain the Senate. If we keep the Senate in the white house, um, that'll be, that'll be enough. Yep. However, I would like to see us take the house back. Otherwise, as I mentioned before, we're going to spend the next four years listening to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats continue to push ridiculous investigations that waste taxpayer dollars and waste everyone's time. All right, so back to Amy Coney Barrett. Any yep. anything else you wanted to add on that? Um, not really. I think people were freaking out about her for no reason. Every every single person I'm asked why you don't like her, they can't give a reason. Um, they talk about how the uh, they should have waited to after election, uh, which seems to be seems to be like it doesn't matter. Trump's going to win anyway. And there's no rule that says we can't, they can't do it a day before the election. There's no rule that says they can't do it um, in between the, the lame ducks uh, session. So I don't see what the issue is. Like, yes, it's close. It's the closest it's been to the election, but that doesn't make it uh, illegal. So like that's, that's I think this is um, a, a weak argument for, to be why you shouldn't do it. Yeah, it, it was always a weak argument. The reality is, even if we didn't push it through before the election, we could have pushed it through be after. Because even if we lost the Senate, even if we lost the presidency, we're not out of, they're not out of office till January. They could have done it then. So exactly. it doesn't, I mean, it didn't really matter. They could have, they could have pushed it through at any time. There's tons of precedent for doing it when the Senate and the president are of the same party. Um, 
it, it all came down to everybody's, you know, they didn't want to lose their super legislature and the judicial because the Democrats for years have used, have used the justices of the Supreme Court to get policies enacted that they can't get through Congress. So they let activist judge, judges um, put, write policy for them. And they don't want to lose the ability to do that by having actual constitutionalists on the bench that strictly interpret the law. And they also seem to have this idea that Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat, she had some ability to will it away at the end of her life because she, because it was her seat. It was never her seat. It's the American people's seat. And she happened to sit on it. And now that she's dead, it's got nothing to do with her. So the argument was always blatantly uh, partisan and, and frankly had no basis in actual uh, political thought other than strictly having a partisan opinion. Yeah, I agree. So there ever comes a time where the Democrats are in a similar, similar position. Um, I mean, I, I won't like it because I'm sure they'll be shifting the, the court um, away from what it should be. But I'm not going to complain that it's illegal or that they, it shouldn't be done. It's just that I, I don't agree with the decision. So yeah, I won't, yeah, I, I won't even have a problem with the decision. decision. I just won't like the outcome because I don't want it to happen. But it's not something that's illegal and it's something that could have been done. Right. Um, so something to report in Michigan. So we had two proposals, um, 20-1 and 20-2. So 20-2 was to require a warrant for electronic data. And we we're only at 47% reporting, but it's look, looking like it's going to pass with no That's issue. 88.4% um, of the vote. I'm and always in favor of anything that forces them to actually get a warrant. Yeah, definitely. What was 20-1? So it was reallocating park revenue use. So um, state parks that are being used for oil or, or gas, they're using some of that funds to fund more state parks, essentially. And they oh, okay. The parks nice. Gotcha. Apparently mm -hmm. Biden is about to speak, so I'm going to try and find that somewhere so I can uh, at least see what's happening. Uh, Dan Crenshaw, by the way, I know we've talked about him a number of times on, on the podcast and, and outside of it, Dan Crenshaw did uh, defend his seat in uh, Texas, it looks like. So uh, he will continue to, uh, to serve in the House of Representatives. Yep. So I believe it was a, that big without. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't a huge doubt, but he is something that people forget, um, especially if you're not from Texas, is he is a rep in the Houston area, which leans, can, can lean blue. Um, <clears throat> the areas where those seats are the most contested are happen to be the areas like Dallas and Houston and things like that. And he's a, a rep near Houston. So um, his seat wasn't super in question, but it wasn't a guarantee. It wasn't a slam dunk. I got you. So, yeah. so we, so we do see that. I also want to point out that Kimberly um, basic, from Baltimore has um, conceded she, she did not win. Oh, really? Well, that, I think it was a pretty big gap as well. By the way, um, Bloomberg or, or Apple or whatever has called Florida for Trump officially. Oh, so they've now bumped Trump to 174. They, however, still refuse to call 
um, Georgia and Texas, which are very clear as well. But yeah. they've, they've at least called uh, Florida now. I think North Carolina is clear too. They have um, 100% to 11, 111% in. But hey, what do I know? So let's check Twitter. Let's see what's going on in Twitter world. Yeah, so Trump has announced his he won Texas 44 minutes ago. Well, I mean, he did win Texas. Yeah, I know. It's just, and he, oh, yeah, he announced he won Florida four hours ago. So uh, Twitter is outraged, and this was already mentioned in our chat, but Twitter is outraged over um, Fox calling Arizona for, Trump, uh, for Biden already. So that's, um, they've been asked to retract that, but they haven't. Uh, Oregon became the first U.S. state to decriminalize possession of all drugs, including cocaine, heroin, and meth. So that's uh, that's nice. More reason to never go to Oregon. Let's, let's see how that plays out. Like Portland was already a hellhole, and it's just getting worse. Yeah, decriminalizing heroin use and meth use—pretty bad idea. I mean, that it doesn't take a genius to realize that's a stupid thing to do. Yeah. Like decriminalizing weed versus decriminalizing meth are at two completely different levels. But well, whatever. Let's see. Any any other interesting things going on in the Twitterverse with this election? I don't think there's anything that's um, yeah these these counts are coming in pretty slow. Um, Wisconsin's at seventy six to eighty four percent. Fox has called Minnesota for uh, for Biden. Yeah, but I mean we might have already talked about that, and that one that one seems logical. Fox called Iowa for Trump. They called Biden Hawaii for Biden. Well, that's no big that's no surprise. Right. Yeah, Michigan's just creeping in. He's seven to sixty-three percent. Trump still has a ten percent lead. I want to assume he's going to maintain this, this lead for the most part. So I remember twenty sixteen. I thought they were going like kind of back and forth, or there were like a 1%. But it is what it is. Um, we already have Jamil Hill blaming white people if Trump wins re-election. But that's no surprise. Yeah, I... I also really want to understand why Joe Biden is going to address the nation uh, while the uh, while this election while the election results are still coming in. So I got to go and flip that on. We're gonna we're gonna watch that while we talk about this because that's that to me is is interesting. I can't think of an election in my lifetime where that's happened where somebody's actually gone on and talked while they're waiting for the results.
I think the thing I, I love the most about Trump is that at his rallies, how many times he just played um, Joe Biden clips. And that was my favorite part. All, all his gaps and all the crazy things he was saying. So he's basically, uh, Biden's already setting up to try and he, he's essentially saying that um, he, he's already trying to set it up so that this election can be dragged out. That's all he's trying to do. Oh, what's he, what's he doing? Saying that, that, you know, I'm optimistic about the results, basically, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, um, this is going to take a while. He's, it, it sounds to me like he's setting it up to try and drag this out. I gotcha. Hey, Phil, have there been any, any rides? Correspondent Phil? All right, so I apparently started watching too late because he's basically done now. Yeah, okay. You probably didn't miss much. He basically came out apparently and said he thought they could win, that they were going to win, that they're going to, that he's going to win Arizona, that they're going to win Wisconsin, Michigan, and Georgia. Um, he didn't mention North Carolina, which is interesting because uh, if that, if, if he's not confident and that means they have some internal polling telling them that they're not likely to win there. Um, I don't see him winning Georgia, Wisconsin, or Michigan based on any of the numbers we've been talking about. So um, I actually think that's more of a good sign than a bad sign. Uh, I'm more irritated, though, that they even had him come out and address the nation because uh, I frankly don't think that there's any reason for him to talk until after the election. Yeah, what's funny is that they were saying that they were concerned that Trump was going to do it, that he was going to declare an early victory and you know, all that stuff, and Biden essentially doing the same thing. Well, I'm, I'm honestly not all that surprised that he's declaring early victory I and mean, I'm more surprised that he's actually coming out and talking though, because that's, again, I just, I don't think he's going to, I think he's going to wait forever to retract or to concede just like Hillary did, but he'll come out and make statements for no reason. Did Hillary Clinton ever officially concede? Uh, yeah, she did. Okay. So I, at least I want to say she did. I don't know. That was a long time ago. I don't remember for sure. All right. So let's see what new things are going on. The um, it still looks pretty calm um, at NDC via Snapchat. I think it's going to stay calm until things in, until um, once Trump starts to take a lead in the electoral college and it starts to look like Biden doesn't have a path to victory is when you're going to start to see riots kick on. And that'll be when you see Michigan go. Um, I 
Oh, as someone pointed out in the chat, I forgot that. Yeah, that's right. Clinton didn't actually uh, concede. She had someone else concede for her, basically. There we go. That's what it was. Okay. But I definitely don't remember her saying anything. Um, so in, in Cali, we already have um, Riot Police out. Oh, really? Well, they also boarded everything up in Beverly Hills in California, too, and a bunch of the celebrities there paid for um, armed guards, so I guess that's not that surprising. Yeah, very true. Maybe you guys see that? Yep. Yeah. So they're starting to uh, get ready for the worst. All right, where do we sit in the states that matter? Wisconsin, Michigan. Let's well, see. Mich yeah, Donald Trump's still sitting at a uh, 10% lead in Michigan. Wisconsin, he's sitting at about 5%. Texas is his, for being honest. He's at 5.5% there. Um, Georgia, he's at 7%, uh, 7.5%. Yeah, it's the only one that's maybe difficult to call is is North Carolina, even though I think all the votes are in, and he's he's up about one and a half percent. So the question on North Carolina, they're gonna they're gonna try and drag out the uh, the mail-in votes. Yeah, that's true. As much as they can. But. How, big, how many votes is his lead in North Carolina? About 80,000. So yeah, so the, the linchpin to calling this election might be North Carolina, because I think Michigan will end up being able to be called tonight. Wisconsin probably will. Texas already could have been called and Georgia could have been called. So if, you, if, if he takes Georgia, Texas, Wisconsin, Michigan, and North Carolina, the election's over, he wins. So North Carolina is the big linchpin at this point or Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania is never going to get called tonight. I don't see that happening because they're not even trying to finish their vote count. Right. Like they're not, they're not even making an effort in Pennsylvania. It's still interesting that this Wayne County vote is um, taking forever. Because this, this is pretty much holding everything up. Everything else is sitting at like 70% for the most part. Or, yeah, some are already fully done or already done for the most part. So this is just this slow Wayne County vote. Yeah, Trump just tweeted out three minutes ago about um, we are up big, but they are trying to steal the election. They'll never let them do it. Voter, votes cannot be cast after the polls are closed. Very true. You're not a lion. You can't win. Well, they'll try. Yeah. 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 It's still kind of early to call uh, 
Paul Michigan. Uh, yeah, it is. But I think that'll get to the point where they can. Right now, it's only at 59% reporting, which is Michigan is counting their votes really slow. They are. And your polls have been closed for five hours now. Yep. Yeah, there's no reason they shouldn't be close, closer to done in Michigan. Wisconsin should be able to be called pretty soon. It's at 82% and Trump's got, got a six point lead just about, five point lead. Trump's getting ready to make a statement. What's interesting is on Bloomberg, they were tracking the, um, the spread and it's just, Changed like a straight line. Well, they were they were tracking it as it went from you know zero to twenty five, fifteen, seventy five. So I don't, I don't know if that's a an error, or they don't. Or they're trying to hide the fact when the votes jump up to Joe Biden. So it's looking like in um, Wisconsin, most of the count for Milwaukee isn't in yet. Well, half of the half of the vote is. Looks like almost everything else has been counted. <clears throat> so yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Nope. I can't believe they're still refusing to call Texas and Georgia. Yeah, so as um, Phil pointed out, we're still going to try to have the majority. So we currently have 46 seats for Republicans and 45 for Democrats. We're expected to take Montana, Michigan, Georgia, North Carolina, Maine. And I'm sure we're going to take the Georgia special election as well. I'm seeing 52. Oh, Alaska. I'm sure we're taking that. Yeah, so we should retain the Senate, which is good. The House still looks like it's going to probably swing for the, the Democrats, but right now we're sitting at 158, 155. So for the Washington Post, it's showing... Um, Showing one, you say one forty six or one fifty six? Um, for the for the house, one fifty eight. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So the house on the Washington Post is showing one forty six for the house and one fifty four for Republicans. Yeah, the uh, Newsmax is showing one fifty five Democrat, one fifty eight Republican in the house. All right. 
Fox hasn't made any new calls. Newsmax hasn't made any new calls recently. So we're still sitting at 210, 214 on Newsmax. Still sitting 174, 223 on Bloomberg. And these decision desks, part of it is just to draw it out, I think, too, for their own stinking ratings. I think it's a combination of, A, the fact that they obviously don't want to call the election for Trump, which is the driving factor. But even, even in previous elections where it wasn't as – the animus wasn't as great, they dragged this out also, I think, for ratings because it gets people watching the news all stinking night. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, Did Texas right. have any uh, proposals that were of, of interest? Um, not really, honestly. Uh, most of them were like local in my, um, like in my county. None of them were all that interesting. I'm looking to see if there are any that I thought were are worth talking about, but there's, let's see, because most of the ballot measures were all local this year in Texas. Da, 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 da. Yeah, there wasn't anything statewide. I think we're both running out of gas. We need to think of something to talk about or, or call it a night. Um, did you, do you have your I voted sticker? I don't. I actually didn't get, they didn't give me a sticker. I early voted, they didn't give me a sticker. Yep, yep, yep. The reason to vote is to get the sticker. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Babylon B had a funny article today that about votes that don't have that aren't um, aren't shown on social media won't be counted. It's very true. Since that's basically how ninety percent of the populace seems to live their life now, that if it didn't happen online, it didn't happen at all. Yeah, it does seem to be true. All right, let's see. Even Fox still hasn't called Georgia. What in the world could you not be calling Georgia for? He's got a 250,000 vote lead in a state that is historically Republican. He's going to win Georgia. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. Wow. Those of you watching the live stream, we're going to take a quick five-minute break, and we will be right back. Cool.
All good. You can walk away. Yeah, I'm going to stretch my legs. I got you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, um, or at least I am. I don't know if Mike's back quite yet. I don't know how many viewers we still have out there, but thanks to anybody who's been staying on and, and watching, uh, watching us for this live stream. Um, I think as the evening continues to drag on and we've got less interesting things to talk about and less things to keep going, we are going to, uh, I think, call it a night um, for the better part of Valor and and I'll still be up and watching the results, but I don't know that we have enough to keep being remotely entertaining or to keep this going. So, uh, Mike, any anything else you want to talk about or are we wrapping this thing up? Yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up. I think, like you said, things are being dragged out today. So, yeah, let's close it down and uh, we can kind of talk about the results at our, our next podcast. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be good news. And thanks again, anybody who, who watched or who's still watching with us now. Uh, really appreciate it and um, appreciate your support of Mike and Jeff fighting leftists and your support for uh, conservatives in America because I'm guessing that if you've been listening to us this long, you are not um, of the liberal persuasion. But if you are, maybe we changed some minds. Um, thanks for listening and uh, God bless America. 
hopefully by the end of the night, we see that uh, President Trump has been reelected. Thank you, everyone.